What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, baby. Good morning, Halifax. Good morning, the world, babe. Good morning, the world. You think you think you think this podcast is only being listened to in Halifax? No, I'm just. It's really beautiful in Halifax today, it's and gorgeous. we've had a rough. Well, no, I shouldn't say rough. I don't mind rain, and I understand that weather is important and beautiful no matter what but when the sun comes out there's just like a really everything changes peaceful feeling in my heart and also also in my vagina no. and i <laughs> what else we should say is that babe congratulations my love we've put out 100 episodes of this fucking little show who to thunk it Who'd thunk that? I remember how hard we struggled to get our first episode together and ready for the world. Took about a year, and we had no idea. We had no fucking clue. What we, we were, were doing. doing something completely different. In fact, 
And now look at us. Now look at us now. A, a hundred episodes later, and we've talked to so many people. We've yeah. learned so many fucking things. And actually, you know what? I should say this because we haven't fucking said this yet. Kind of a cool little thing here. You were just saying good morning, Halifax. And mm-hmm. I said, do you think we're only being listened to in Halifax? Yeah. Fuck no, we ain't. Tell, um, me where, tell me where our listeners live. Oh my God. We got listeners all We got listeners in Australia. We've got listeners from France. Actually, the person who told me about episode 85 actually be existing. We, we still don't know. it. It's been somewhere over the Bermuda Triangle. I don't know where it is now, but we might find it. Um, they're from, I said Germany. They're actually from France. Okay. Uh, but we've got German listeners. I answered a, a letter from someone in Montana, Montana. yesterday. It, here's a crazy little thing. Okay. So this is what I was going to say. We also have some like, Pretty interesting people listening to the podcast. We definitely have some uh-huh. interesting. What do you? Why do? You, what but are you like some me people that? that I would never have imagined would ever tune into our little show from Halifax. Oh yeah. Uh, apparently, word on the street. Uh, Your mom. <laughs> yo. Well, we'll get to that. But apparently, word on the street. Uh, uh, Willow Smith listens to our podcast. Is a fucking fan of our show. <laughs> Willow, as in Will Smith's? Uh, as in Will Smith's um, uh, very charismatic young daughter. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I reposted uh, one of her Instagram stories a while back. She was reading a book and <laughs> about and had underlined a bunch of things about polyamory in there. And I, I've uh, been asked, what's the name of the book? And I have no idea. <laughs> I, 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 just, I just forwarded it onto our story. Um, but... Uh, but it seems like she's got some. She's interested in some same things. Hi, Vaughn again. Well, yeah, and you know, there's a lot of. Uh, you want to be on the show too, Vaughn? Come on up here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, buddy. Um, word on the street is that. Uh, I, I mean, this is like it's been rumored that Will and what's what's his wife's name? Uh, J- uh, Jada. Jada. That they they have like an open relationship. Oh, that's been in the in the gossip for years. Yeah, that's true. It's, yeah, so they they probably have a pretty open minded mm-hmm. situation going on. That whole family, dude. Kids, it's fucking crazy. Will Smith is like you know I looked up to him so much. I still look up to him. Yeah, he seems he's such rad. a dad now too. I haven't seen I haven't seen much of his like later career stuff. Oh, he's such a dad. You should see him like rapping with um with his son. Yeah, it's. It's just, it's so, Jayden. Like just the two of us? Yeah, it's so, it's so, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, he gets up and like does a full, like spits a couple bars on, on like a really, like banger of a song at some crazy concert. Anyway. I'm you know, always happy when, when Miami comes on the radio, <laughs> which it still does. Uh, so Willow, if you are listening to this, um, thanks for tuning in. That's really cool. We, um, I just feel, I just, it makes me just kind of swoon. Yeah. To know that. Well, it's it's just nice to know that um, the people people of all like places in in their lives and from all backgrounds are are equally mm-hmm. as interested in opening up the the conversation and the dialogue on this kind of stuff. So we're here. We're one hundred episodes in, and uh, it feels pretty good. Feels pretty good. Yeah, it does. It feels. What have you learned? So much. Um, I'm I. I'm kind of like looking at my life uh, today and yesterday um, and this whole last week with regards to that question and just like the places that that path has led in terms of investigation into my 
and and it probably would have anyway, but investigation into my own body and my own health and sexuality and relationships and it it like really was has been the door in for me for learning about you know how to be inclusive and um feeling really really comfortable in conversations about all manner of taboo subjects has it completely shifted the way that you like your ability to to just in general like speak about topics like sex or or any sort of subject that's you know outside of the the norm for what's ex- like like considered acceptable or non-taboo subject matter like in in public yeah for sure i'm at this crossroads right now where i'm aware of how much i don't know and uh and i f- i feel a real responsibility where whereas before and you know up to this point i felt like our main duty and service with this podcast was was opening up the conversation hearing people speak about their sexuality talking about things that maybe we wouldn't have thought about before and now now you know i feel this responsibility especially as we get listed on like like the five, 15 podcasts about you know sexual health to listen to because we have we have a role i think we can at least rise to meet which is like being like a bit of an educational resource and mm-hmm. like with that i don't ever want this to become dry or not fun or anything like that but i i want to i want to present information that's like like on point. Is that why you're reading this shit here? Yeah. Women's bodies, women's what's that? What does that say? Women's women's bodies, women's wisdom. That dude, that book. It's huge. Is it's an as, encyclopedia. It's fucking thick. So this uh, this book is written by um, by Doctor Caroline Mice. I think is how you say her last name. M M. Oh no, wait, wait, nope. That's just a quote on the front. Christiane Northrup. Um, she's a doctor, and she. Um, she is, this book came out in like 94 and it remains, I okay, I found it at Value Village and I was like, this looks like an impressive book. And then I Googled it and I was like, oh yes, it's it continues to be like one of the best selling um, resources uh, for for women wanting to, to understand their bodies um, a little bit more. So I'm reading it. It's a really nice compliment to some of the masculine feminine investigation that I'm doing. A lot of it just like, I mean, confirmation bias, you want you want to make sense of the things that you are reading and put them into the things that you already know. But I, I do feel like it's, even though it was written in 94, there's just like a lot of really, at least maybe it's a great start of information. Um, and I'm like, I'm already, it's already blowing. I'm, I'm reading right now about um, the treatment for, for the menstrual cycle. Because mm. I feel like it's not... <laughs> what do you some, mean, what do you mean treatment? Like as in diet, like ways to what does that medication? mean? Medication. What like ways to regulate your your menstrual cycle? I or, think or? ways to manage and like support a healthy menstrual cycle. And I think that mm. a healthy menstrual cycle, um, like in in perfect health, I I feel that. Uh, that with enough knowledge, and I know a lot of people are out there already doing this, but you can, you don't need to suffer from cramps 
or mood swings oh. or any anything that um, it's natural that you have to adapt to certain, you know, releases of hormones, maybe um, with your diet and your lifestyle and exercise and maybe some herbs or whatever. But our our main our main approach to it in like the existing system seems to be like, yeah, well, that's just what it is. Right. Because and, and we've here's ju- some medicine. Because that's just the 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 sort of norm that we've fallen into, kind of. Yeah, I heard this great phrase on a podcast that I say it's it's not normal; it's been normalized. Ah, uh, ah, it's really interesting. We, we so last night you you actually um, subbed in for Taylor on Sick Boy podcast. We recorded an episode because Taylor got struck by a car and is all fucked up. That um, sucks. Yeah, uh, he'll he'll live. Um, but we, the episode that we did was on stillbirth. It was That's a young right. woman who had had experience of stillbirth and and that entire experience. But on the drive home, you said something that I found to be um, so fascinating. Where you were talking about how um, your sister Tara, who actually we will hear later in this episode in the background, um, she's a she's a doula. She's very like active in in the. Um, you know the women in her life and their and their birth when when they go through that process. Um, you were you were telling me something about the effect, that, something that Tara learned from like a Chinese medicine practitioner practitioner about about. Can you just fucking say it? Because I don't I don't fucking know. <laughs> so I was referencing some things that my sister was experiencing <laughs> had experienced postpartum so after she had her baby physical uh things i won't throw her under the bus and and say what that was but she was told she went to visit a um after lots of like tr- like um what traditional traditional practice uh, Approaches western western approach. approaches yeah. to um to dealing with these like symptoms um she went to visit uh traditional uh, Chinese practitioner, medicine practitioner, and uh, that that doctor was like, "You Westerners have no idea how to care for a, a postpartum body. Like you're up on your feet, you know. You're you're going back to work. Sometimes you're you know you're lifting other kids. You're you you should be laying down." For you know whatever I'm paraphrasing because I wasn't there, but sure. what I remember is like you should be laying down, the baby should be brought to you to feed, and then you should be your job is to rest and recover and heal your body, and like there there's there's practices and binding of your pelvis and your waist and and hips that help ho- put all the organs back in the same place and help right. your pelvis heal and um you know just like definitely different herbs and stuff to deal with 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 and with prolapse and strengthening your pelvic floor yeah, yeah. and hemorrhoids and all of this shit that that i mean that's the tip of the iceberg that i've heard about but mm-hmm. there's we know we know that that it's mayhem for a lot of bodies yeah and uh and again just coming back to that note like it's the way that we deal with things are maybe not normal but it's we've normalized them you know this idea of like oh gotta get back to work like yeah oh you look so gotta, fit post baby yeah, yeah, yeah drop all that weight yeah Interesting. Yeah. Do you now? Do you think coming back to the the original question, like you know, you reading this book and and how your the way you think and and discuss these topics has changed? Um, do you think all that? Do you think all that is a direct result of of creating the show? Because this is your show. Like this is. I mean, I'm a part of it, but you. This is your. 
so I'm gonna just just what we were talking about right before or just just now um I think yes I think it always would I would have gotten here eventually because I you know over time different things that have stuck out with me have all been related to um to to kind of the subject for example the conversation we had last night in the car after the sick boy episode on infertility I think I I think I said you know in response to what this woman had experienced with, you know, like, okay, you know, we can, okay, I don't even know how to explain this. We're, we're basically being robbed of these healthy experiences that have to do with whether it's birth, fertility, um, our menstrual cycle, even our death, we're, Mm. we get so, we put on so many band-aids and we get robbed of the experience of of getting to know those processes mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. to say i'm like i know that i'm a healthy like pain-free individual i sure i have some brutal period cramps but generally speaking it's fairly easy for me to say like we don't need to live in pain we don't need to live with these symptoms easy for me to say um but i do think that there's a truth to that that we shouldn't have i know things happen but maybe we shouldn't have not shouldn't maybe it doesn't have to be this way i guess mm. um maybe there's a you know our disconnect from nature you know leads to our disconnect with our bodies and all these processes and stuff but yeah that that we were being robbed is a feeling that i felt a long time ago when first talking about you know medicaid being on you know being a senior going out dying high on morphine you know like being robbed of our experience of dying is something that my sister tara had also said to me at one point that really resonated with me and now it's directly translating to this hey it's my body and my body is like you know uh like nature and it's something i can i can worship sexually and by like taking care of my health yeah watching my grandmother die in a hospital she hasn't died yet watching her toe that line for the last like month in the hospital has been like very how do i prevent dying in the hospital yeah yeah it was a very trippy experience and it was a very i mean for my for myself it was a very uh um reaffirming experience of going oh yep this is the this all of this is not the way that i want to do it yeah and this is not the way that i want my family to have to deal with it and this is not you know I would never want to put you through that. Like it was all, I said, fuck man, people watching people die is, is a trip. Well, yeah, it's a trip, but it's also like everybody's going to die. Everyone and, is, yeah. you know, we're, hospitals are not places where people go to get well. It's, yeah. it's disease managing place, you know, it's not like. Well, so, some people go to hospitals to get well. Yeah, but they, but. It's not wellness. Just because you're living doesn't mean you're well. Like no, you, no, no. you may have been like rescued from a, from from like I, I don't know. I just think that ignoring ignoring the part of healing that comes to do with healing from healing from like all the other treatments and stuff. Yeah. Like we anyway, whatever. <laughs> I think I think hospitals aren't the place. I, I think hospitals are not a place for us to be dying. Yeah. I think that's like the last place that you want to die. 
Yeah. And people don't think about that. Yeah. Or people choose to not want, like people don't want to think about that. Yeah. And, and then it's, and then in, the next thing you know, it's too late. And then you're dying in a hospital and you're going, fuck, this isn't the place I want to do this. No. You know, this is not, there's nothing comfortable about this. Yeah. If you're going to a hospital to get better, you want to be in there and out of there as quick as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that was <laughs> not a tangent. A little tangent there. It was kind of nice. Um, well, this is, here. here's the thing about this week's episode. We wanted to kind of make it a special one. And I think it really is probably uh, one of the most special episodes we've done to date uh, because it's a fucking extravaganza. <laughs> this is uh, this is basically like three full episodes in one. Uh, we went all around the place, interviewed a whole bunch of people. Um, and we, there's actually a theme to this this episode. We were like kind of hoping this would land on Mother's Day. It fucking, of course, it didn't. Um, but this is kind of like our our ode to moms. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and here's the thing: if you're listening to this and you're like, "Moms, a sex podcast," I don't know. Well, guess the fuck what? Moms, mommies have sex, and all <laughs> of our mommies had sex to have all of us listening to this right now. Um, so we dive into. Mothers and sexuality in a big, big, big way, um, including a couple of our moms, Bridie, yours, a couple of them. and mine, uh, have come on the show. Um, so let's let's throw it into our first conversation. Uh, we had this with a couple of new-ish moms here in Halifax with their own podcast called Momgasm, Mom-gasm. and uh, we had a wonderful conversation. These ladies are amazing. Definitely go check out their podcast. They're Super fucking funny. hilarious. And uh, we'll be back soon. We'll be back soon. We'll get into the next one. Enjoy it. See ya. Well, I am. Uh, I'm just elated to, to. I love how often you use that word. Do you? Because <laughs> I, I I get pretty elated a lot. You are. I just get. I'm like. I'm like half, half the time. I'm lit. Half the time. I'm elated. I'm all. I'm I all. I thought about they were it. kind of the same thing. Lit and elated. Nah, what's, man. What's lit's lit. A, lit. Lit's That's fucking lit. It's like. What's lit, dude? <laughs> dude. Me. <laughs> That's what's lit. Oh my god! You remind me so much of my brother. It's kind of eerie. Is it really? Really fucking eerie. So talking to you feels very like I'm just talking to my. Just hang, hanging out with bro. Yeah, it's really weird. Is that gonna make this conversation weird? <laughs> no, yeah. I was gonna. Say, I was, no, my brother's yeah. super fucking chill. Yeah, like he, out of all of my family members, um, with momgasm, he's been like Sarah. Like this is fucking awesome. Like I'm so stoked for you. Like oh good. Yeah, he's pretty chill. Well, so that's awesome. before we get too far into it, uh, introduce. We got two guests. We we usually don't do this. This is a this is kind of a a Force rare them. opportunity like, for us. Yeah, we don't do foursomes very often. No, oh. no. It's been a long time since we had we've honored. had one. I know, right? Um, <laughs> ladies, introduce yourselves. Uh, let the listeners know who's who's here. Well, this is Sarah Cresswell, one half of Momgasm. <laughs> that's it. 
That's all you are? Yeah, no, I guess. That's it. <laughs> You're a lot more than that. Uh, and I'm Lindsay Umla, the other half of Momgasm. And what the fuck is Momgasm? Oh, oh. baby. <laughs> <laughs> If you have to ask, oh, Jeremy. <laughs> well, I could. T- I mean, I could tell the world if you would. If you would prefer, you know what? Let me let me say it this way. Momgasm. The way I came to know Momgasm was at the uh, recent Atlantic Podcast Summit that was held here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, um, and it was put together by some of the folks who run uh, Halifax Pop Explosion, and and me and the guys from Sick Boy were involved. We partnered up and. Um, the launch party for that event was a podcast pitch competition. And the two of you came in, did your pitch. In our branded fucking shirts. Guns blazing. In branded shirts. And, and fucking it. nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Um, and I knew right off the bat, like, you guys were probably going to take it home that evening. And, of course, you you won the pitch competition. Everyone was really excited. But the, the, the most exciting part about that is that... Um, your show already exists. Yep. Yeah, you've you've been so you're you're from here in Halifax. Yeah. Mm. Um. When did you guys When did you guys start the podcast? Oh man, April first is when it aired. Well, yeah. So so it it landed in our consciousness, yeah. <laughs> our pussy centric <laughs> consciousness, right? Uh, January. Yeah. It was January because I was getting ready to. I think it was almost the end of january because i was getting ready second bitch right because i was getting ready to leave for costa rica to do a retreat yeah i was going to do my loving myself loudly retreat and we birthed this right before you left right but you guys have also birthed a few other things oh man a lot of things i mean so the momgasm is two young mothers Mm -hmm. um lindsay you have two kids yep and you, Sarah, you have two boys, two boys yeah. as well. Two, two kids. How old so are you? Two each? boys. I got two girls. She's she just turned 30. I turned 30 in July. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Young moms yeah. pumping out kids. Maybe not anymore. Uh, I'm still to be determined. You're okay. Pretty sure you're shot in that. Mommy has got a vasectomy. Yeah. So we shut that shit. Fucking you turn that yeah, way down. I am dead. And you're on the fence. I yeah I'm on the fence I I have this weird so I come from a family of three my um not a family of three a family of three kids right there is there is more than just me and my parents (laughs) yeah um and so does my husband Mm -hmm. and because of that it's funny before when we went in when we went into our relationship we were like fuck no like Two is the max. We're not doing more. And mm-hmm. then I had this weird fucking out-of-body experience where I was like, I feel my whole life and there's three kids. What? <laughs> and since then, I've not been able to let it go. So I feel like I have this sacred contract that I'm supposed to have another one, mm-hmm. whether I want it or not. Did you know. actually have like a like a trippy experience? Oh, yeah. It was fucking wild. It, it was this... Was this just like a, a dream or was this like in the midst of giving birth to one of your kids or... Mm-hmm. No, it's or like come, a drug trip. It's come up a few times. Okay. It was actually the first time um, I had kind of embarked on this entrepreneurial journey because mm-hmm. I'm a serial entre- entrepreneur of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, where this is this is my first podcast rodeo, but not my first business rodeo. Gotcha. And so it was the first time that I was I quit my job. I remember we were working at Starbucks together. Yeah, Starbucks, <laughs> Scotia <Yeah>. Square, <laughs> and I quit my job. And I was like, I'm going to say yes. I'm just going to say yes to the universe. I'm going to say yes to all the things. And I went on a big business trip and it was my big like aha moment. And I was like, 
fucking tripping that entire week and I didn't drink anything or have any drugs. I was just high mm. on life. And were you one or two kids deep at this point? None. I was no None kids deep. I was oh. no kids deep at this oh, point. And wow. so I was doing this weird fucking shit where I was like, I have a message for this person and this person. And I was like, who the fuck am I right now? Uh, and while that was happening, I had this, I was sitting on a couch of a hotel and I like left the room. I was still there, but my consciousness was like, oh, bye, bitch. And it's, so for me, I like feel everything. I don't see things. Right. And I was like, I could feel my life. And it was like my life, like 15 years down the road. And I had three kids and I had this like successful business that was my own. And I was still with my husband. And I was like, well, that was fucking weird. <laughs> And so yeah, now I'm now I've got the two kids, and I'm like, Whoa. I, I think it's I, gonna be a boy next. Well, this is the thing. I feel like I've I I am supposed to have a boy, and it's weird because I I Lindsay don't want another. I remember mm. when you were pregnant with her second Fallon. I was just like, it might be a boy, and you're like, no, I do not want a boy. <laughs> and like I knew I was having a boy. I think I already had rolling at that time and i was like what the fuck do you have against boys well, yeah, yeah. Right. like right jeez Lindsay, fuck <laughs> but yeah my I sister has four boys that's amazing in the house. it's crazy one set of twins yeah one set of twins and then and then and then like we had a gender reveal party for the latest austin and i remember uh what was it a balloon or yeah they popped a balloon and uh, and as soon as you saw that blue confetti, I just looked over at my sister and like you could just kind of see the oh no, <sighs> like just watch over her, like oh my fucking god, that's so much testosterone. She would have another baby too, but but her husband was like, nope, yeah. that's yeah. enough. But she's like, I want to go for the girl. Yeah. But yeah, he's that's not why we it. stopped. Me and my husband. That's why we stopped because we we're like. It's a 50-50 chance, right? Mm. We can't guarantee it's going to be a girl. Right. And so we said, we're like, if we got pregnant again with a third, we just wouldn't find out the gender because, mm-hmm. or the sex because when you give birth, mm. you're not, you can't be upset, right? You're going to be happy <laughs> that it's a baby. <laughs> yeah. So it's a win-win. But we're like, but fuck, like, we can't do that. Like, right. we can't get pregnant with the hopes of it being a girl. So like, let's just cut it off. Right. Like, we're done. Mm-hmm. We have the two boys. This is it. Yeah. So, yeah, and I'm just fucking wild card over here. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, if it happens, it's meant to be. If it doesn't, well, fuck, great, cool by yeah. me. Cool so, by me. so coming back to Momgasm, then mm. it's it's a podcast that you guys started with the intention of what? Like, what what is if you what's your elevator pitch? Um, uh, not to like throw you back into the pitch competition, oh, but fuck, we step into an elevator and we're going up five floors, and you want to tell me what the podcast is all about? What's what is Momgasm for, and what's it about? Do you want me to do you want me to start and then you you fill in the blanks? Yeah. You, if you could both do it one word at a time, exchanging <laughs> oh. back and forth, that would be great. Thank you. Uh, motherhood. Well, no, we're not. Doing, we're not doing this for real. Fuck that. Sexuality. <laughs> well, yes. Okay, no. I, it's by moms mm-hmm. for moms primarily, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's about like giving the middle finger to the idea that you can't be both mother and sexual being Absolutely. that you can't mm. enjoy pleasure in every sense of the word and that we're supposed to enjoy pleasure and the more pleasure we bring into our lives the more that we get to know our whole body mm-hmm. the better everything yeah is. because this is one thing that i found Lindsay and I both found when mm. we became moms kind of felt like we had to shut down that sexual part of ourselves like 
so I, because I gave birth to two human beings, that meant that I could no longer show my cleavage. That meant that I could no longer talk in like a sexual way. Like it, I remember feeling like I had to get rid of a bunch of clothes that were revealing because I was a mother now. And when Lindsay and I started mm-hmm. getting together, we were having these conversations centered around pleasure and sexuality and the things that we were doing. And we were like, why do we feel like society is telling us that we have to shut this part of ourselves down? Like we are still juicy as fuck. Like Mm. we're 30. Like we have so much time ahead of us. Like just because we're kids, we have kids doesn't mean it gets shut Mm -hmm. down. We dry up. 30 is Well, and he, Sorry, and even if you do physically dry up, doesn't mean right? you're not still juicy as right? fuck. But isn't 30, like, I hear you say, I mean, I heard you say this, Bridie, every fucking day after you turn 30. You're like, 30 is the sexual prime. Like, that's the age when you hit Dude, your sexual prime. That's mm. what they say. That's how I feel. Yeah. I remember thinking that when I was in my early 20s, because I've been with my husband for like 12 years. And I remember saying to him when I was like 21, I was like, babe, when I hit my 30s, shit's going to get <laughs> and he was just like what do you mean i'm like you just fucking wait in the bedroom <laughs> and then like he's like bam. that's 10 years <laughs> yeah he's like but what do about I wait now that long? fuck fuck we i i definitely think that we season with age like whether you're a mother yeah. or not yeah. You, yeah. you season with age and like the sex just gets better and better and i mean the more i bring, bring pleasure into my life as a whole not just exclusively in the bedroom the whole fucking life gets better Oh yeah, mm. right. Mm-hmm. I'm and reading a sorry. lot. I'm reading a lot about the this like feminine masculine polarity right now because mm. I watched a video that just like sent me down a total rabbit hole of of like tantra and this like anyway this little dance. Um, and you know like we we're we're all comprised of like masculine and feminine, the yang and the yin, and uh, and that pleasure is is feminine it's feminine energy whether it's happening to a man or a woman or non-gender person that's feminine energy yeah and i love that Mm. because if if we only focus on it in like a sexual way and we forget about like all the other senses Mm. then then it you know it's just kind of limiting yeah i'm totally down that's kind of like another half of momgasm like we we talk about sex a lot a lot and the juiciest form that you can talk about sex but the other also the funniest form the funniest form (laughs) you must be real about that yeah (laughs) not always juicy (laughs) no (laughs) but the other half is a lot about like spirituality and how pleasure is innately feminine Mm. i mean we talk a lot about how the clitoris that its only purpose is for pleasure mm-hmm. it has no other purpose the male sorry but the male body doesn't have any sort of body part that is just exclusively just exclusively for pleasure really even the even the penis glands yeah what do the what are the penis glands for so the the knob of the penis that has 4000 nerve endings that's like the most i think the uh, part of your body that has the most amount of nerve endings for pleasure but the clitoris is designed specifically just for pleasure. Nothing else. Oh. No other purpose. Yeah. So there's all these different things that Lindsay and I have been like. Uh, don't go. I just got hit hard with a big old cock. Yes. Right in the head. Oh, what did you expect from that? I, yeah. Well, I, I wasn't expecting Wikipedia to hit, hit it with me. Can uh, I take it somewhere real gross? So why? You know what I, I uh, Googled the other day? This is so nasty. <clears throat> prolapsed rectum mm. yeah. Shit. yeah yeah you, you could you, you i mean could, you, you could talk a bit about that you, yeah you ladies know a little bit about prolapse sure, yeah. uh, and i know I, how do i know this <laughs> i j- just assume 
Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, it actually came up in your fucking pitch competition, which is so crazy. Yeah. yeah. Because we had, on Sick Boy, we had just, we had just, like that week, we had just spoken to a young woman who had, um, it was a wild, wild story about, um, about the complications that she had giving birth. Mm. And, and, and the way that she described it was she was told, you, ha- you were experiencing third world uh, problems, mm. third world like medical issues in a first world country in, in terms of like giving birth. Mm. Mm. Um, and it was like, it, I mean, what she went through is, is horrifying and very scary. Um, but the baby survived and everything, everything's, I mean, everything worked out, everything <laughs> sort of worked out, but she ended up having, um, uh, uh, hold on. Let, I, I got it. It's coming. Pelvic organ prolapse. Yeah. yeah. She mm-hmm. had, she had which bladder and rec bladder yeah, and, and colon. Yeah. 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 Which is so essential for anyone who doesn't know. She had a prolapse, uh, or basically, Do you know like, what grade it was? Think of a hernia. No, she didn't. I don't know if she said what grade it was. Okay, was it, was she talking about like things actually falling out of oh, her yes. vagina? Then yes. probably yes. grade three. three. Yeah. So, so like when she went to put in her tampon, <laughs> she would have to shift it yeah. around and beyond her colon and her bladder, which yeah. are now have fallen into her vagina yeah. based on like the the hernia that is. That is yeah. like know. below yeah. the cervix. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Within the vaginal walls. It's like it's going bloop, bloop, yeah. popping in. Yeah. So I what's funny is I actually think I also have a rectocele as well. Mm. So prolapse wise, you've got cystocell, rectocell and then um, uterine prolapse. So it's like when your cervix is poking out. That's a yeah, uterine that prolapse. Drop. Yeah. And then the bladder is cystocele, which I have. I have. And then rectocele you also have, but I'm pretty I'm pretty positive. I have I have that too, but it, it only comes out sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> only sometimes. It's so crazy that this happens. It's and less, this is like well, this is a thing that a, it's a huge yeah, thing. Huge. It, and it like a common thing? Very common. Super fucking common. It's they estimate that anywhere from one in four to one in every two women will experience prolapse at some point in their life. Oh my god. And the thing that's interesting is like yes it can come from birth trauma, but I had like the most sensual, amazing free birth. Like I didn't push at all. It was yeah, like the picture perfect yeah. birth and still I have mm. a prolapse. Damn. So it can be it can come from a whole variety of different things. A lot of it's like pro- postural issues. Um, we sit way too fucking long. Right. We, I know. I'm like, oh, I should be sitting up here. Um, so we're sitting too long. We're losing that curve in our spine. I just pictured the amount of people driving their car right now going, Jesus, yeah, my posture, <laughs> is, my posture is fucked. But like, oh. Um, but yeah. we're losing that that curve in our lower lumbar spine. And yeah. that for women especially is incredibly important because we need that pelvic tilt to keep our organs in place because our pelvis is less stable than a man's because we have a giant hole in it yeah right yeah we do do you have that it's so wild like it's and it's it is you know (laughs) i've heard i've heard the the you know this saying said so many times of like in terms of giving birth um hearing mothers say there's so much that they don't tell you yeah. And it's like, oh, mysterious. Yeah. This is why we're doing the goddamn <laughs> this podcast. This is another reason why we're, yeah. There's a lot of reasons why we're doing this podcast. Right? Yeah, a lot of reasons. I and mean, the, you go ahead. There's so many things that we as a culture and society just don't talk about yeah. um, at all. And then that leaves room for all the shame and the awkwardness and the, is this just me? And isolation. And so this is just like a very specific niche 
of that. Mm. I feel like talking about pleasure and sex kind of breaks the ice on oh a lot my of God, different yes. topics. And then once you feel comfortable enough to share your sex life and things that you do or do not like, you then feel comfortable enough to talk about the things that you're not talking about, you know, mm-hmm. in a public sense. Yeah. And I've found that with women who are engaging with us, oh like God, it yes. just leads from one thing to another. And we're like, holy shit, like this is fucking crazy. Right. Like I'm, yeah, we absolutely need something, something like this. And especially here in Nova Scotia, like, I have felt so many fucking times so isolated. I mean, mm. I mean, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, but there have been times where, like, I'm scrolling on my Instagram, and I'm like, especially Australia, like, what, like, what is going on in Australia? Like, there's all these really awesome people in Australia. Yeah. But, like, I'm looking, I'm like, wow, look at all this. Like, they have all these different resources, and then I go to my doctor's office, and... Like, Fuck. they don't even know my name half the time. It's a different doctor half the time. And, like, I don't feel comfortable talking about the shit. And when I did get checked for my prolapse, they... <laughs> oh, man, it's brutal. They said to me that I didn't have a prolapse, but in the same sentence said that I had a cystocele. And <laughs> I looked at the doctor and I said... It's not the same thing? But that's Isn't the that same type thing. Of prolapse? Uh, yeah. yeah. And he was like, no, 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 no. Nothing's falling out of you, so you don't have a prolapse. Okay. And in my head, I'm thinking... There's well, you grades. texted me... Like, you texted me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, how do I inform her? Yeah, I left there. Prolapse. I was thinking, okay, so I don't have a prolapse, but I have a cystocele. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to go with this. All right, yeah, I feel good. I texted Lindsay. I was like, I don't have a prolapse, but I have a cystocele. It's just a weakening of my, my interior wall. And she was like, she said to me, was like, Sarah, that's, that's a prolapse. Well, I, res- I responded. I was like, well, what I was diagnosed with is a cystocele. Yeah. And it is a prolapse. I'll leave that in your good hands. Yeah, then you went quiet. I I was like, I'm going to let her process. Yeah, oh, I processed it. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm going to give you some space. And then you came, you were coming over to record. Was was it that that fucking night? That night. We recorded the prolapse episode. Right? Oh, there you go. There's some good content. Oh, right? Fuck. Oh, we raged out a little bit. (laughs) We did. Um, I want to come back to something that you had mentioned, um, Sarah, about, about like becoming a mom and then having this, this, feeling or this need to get rid of your your you know like revealing clothing and like to Mm. shut down this this um this sense of yourself like the sexy side of yourself uh did you have you ever figured out where that came from like do you think that's because you've never looked at your mother that way oh definitely or or do you think that's because like where where does that stem from i think that's because of most of the women in my life who are mothers show this really stoical side. Like they don't show this really juicy, loose, you know, wild side. They're always, I'm the mother, I'm the matriarch, I'm strong, listen mm. to me. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's all about strength. And I remember when I became a mom, I, yeah, I got rid of all my revealing clothes. And I remember thinking, okay, like I got to be strong. I remember like purposely not watching things because I didn't want to cry. Like, mm. I wouldn't allow myself to cry because I thought that I had to show this certain kind of image of myself. And I went through a really rough transition period. And, like, I, I didn't, I was going through postpartum anxiety. I didn't leave my, my house for a long time with my newborn. And then finally, I looked at my husband one day and I was just like, something's got to give. I was like, I don't feel like Sarah anymore. Like, before I mm. gave birth, I was this radical fucking babe. Like, I was protesting all the time. I was going to concerts. I was moshing. Like, I was 
painting. I was getting drunk. I was getting high. I was, I was alive. I was a yeah. fucking alive. And who You're the fuck? Lit. I, I mean, that's not even that you guys asked what lit is. That's fucking that's lit. Fucking lit. <laughs> yeah, dude. And then here I am in like this like weird like. Like a moo Yeah, you were a you were buttoned the fuck down. I was buttoned the fuck down, and I remember <laughs> like going and like finding some like old clothes mm. that I had stashed away, and I put them on. I looked at myself in the mirror, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like this is Sarah. Mm. And then when I got pregnant with my second, I got terrified, and I started to go see my therapist again. I was like, "I'm terrified of losing myself again and losing that part of me." And then we, so we started doing the work and everything like that. And, and sure enough, you know, I didn't lose that part of me, but then I started to realize, okay, now there's this new frontier. There's now that I've recognized that there's a chunk of me that is separate from being a mom. Now I have starting to realize that there is a chunk of, of me separate from being a mom that is about sexuality. Mm. And that was mm. sexuality is such a complex subject. No matter if you're a mother, it doesn't matter mm. where you are in your life. It's a complex subject for everybody there's so many different variables around this um and for me i came from a place of trauma i was um i had a really horrible incident happen when i was a child and that was my initiation into sex and so my whole upbringing was a negative image of sex and so after i gave birth on my second i was like all right like i've gotta i've just gotta figure this out started doing the work me and Lindsay started getting mm. together we started like just like digging deep like having raw honest conversations the things that I always wanted to talk about and then Lindsay said to me she's just like do you want to be bitch, a co-host <laughs> I was like bitch let's start a let's podcast. do a podcast and then it was an immediate yes it was just right. like everything that happened since I was eight years old led up to this point of in course. my life yeah it's interesting how much that the, like it's very similar to to the trajectory of like sick boy and i think what we do as well and and how much of just like uh making a point to sit down with a friend whether you do it on a microphone or not yeah but like when you do it on a microphone you're then you're like you're kind of like forcing yourself to do it because you're creating this thing and so you feel like you have to and but commitment factor (laughs) but yeah but when you when you find that commitment factor yeah it is so fucking crazy therapeutic yeah like it is such a you just open this box where you reveal so much about yourself Mm. and it's such a learning experience learning process I mean anytime anyone's ever like I want to start a podcast I'm like do it just fucking do it just do it even if nobody fucking listens do it just do it it doesn't yeah it doesn't matter who's listening do it for yourself turn me on we'll be right back after this word from our sponsors 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, Yeah. Sorry, that just, that, no. uh, I mean, we're talking about mom stuff and now I'm just <laughs> no, like, that's oh, totally about podcasts. It's but. really, it's funny though, because my, like my journey to this is very different than yours. And like my journey through motherhood and sexuality is very different in the sense that it was actually motherhood that ignited my sexuality. Oh. Like I was very <laughs> vanilla. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, vanilla, very quiet. I was like, oh, I don't fucking know. And you had your first kid and you were like, and then I became a dom. Well, not yet. (laughs) However, no, I, um, I had been doing a lot of the work before Mm. I got pregnant. So I kind of committed, um, from the time I was 19, I committed myself to, to learning how to love myself and accept myself exactly as I was. And so I'd been doing like seven years of work in that regard before Mm -hmm. I entered into motherhood and then motherhood kind of the whole birthing process is sensual as fuck like you have you have to lean into that energy in order to open and so i i became a birth nerd and i got up in all the vaginas and i was like this is amazing and through like that that opening process i found a way to deeply connect to this part of me that i had been like that's the one thing that i'm not entirely sure what i want to do with it yet and -hmm. what that's going to look like so it was like motherhood ignited this inner sex goddess that I've always had and it's just been like steadily building since then and so it's like my my kind of twist was going from the height of my like sexual prowess in my second pregnancy where I was doing things I had never done before I was like put it anywhere you want I don't care I need everything (laughs) it was great and then I had I had my baby. I had this like ecstatic, amazing free birth. And then I lost my libido completely. My organs started to fall out of my vagina. And I was like, whoa, where do I go from here? How do I mm-hmm. keep things going from here with like no libido? And what does pleasure look like if I don't have a libido? And all of those questions to answer. We had an episode with um, a woman on Prince Edward Island who's like to, always been to me like a, a bit of a goddess you know mm. she's a creative writer she leads like women's writing group she's anyway she had a kid at like she's a babe at 50 yeah Did she have a kid at 50? i think so something like crazy like that yeah and um and then she wrote a book immediately called sex after baby why there is none mm. and she talked about the hormones and like breastfeeding and what that does and <clears throat> what is that is that what caused your your fall and libido like uh there's a few things so we just did a really interesting episode with a naturopathic doctor that just came out today weirdly enough yeah uh where we were kind of that was one of the things that we were talking to her about i was like i so this this happened to me what are like what are some of the things i know obviously breastfeeding can do that but what was really interesting is with my first i got my period back right away so with week five week five i got my period back and i was still horny as fuck and i remember um a week out from having my baby I was totally like can I 
flick the bead? Can I like get off right now? Can I figure this out? I mean, no dick in there right now because <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. gonna feel great. No. There's stitches. I don't know what's up. Yeah. But can I find a way to get off right now? And I did. But number two. Do they tell you? Do they? I mean, sorry to cut you off, but do they? Oh, they tell you don't do anything. They're like, don't, do weeks. not touch that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're like, don't do anything for six weeks. I'm like, mm. my clit's fine. We good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nipples good. Well, yup. Well, uh, no, no, not good. good. <laughs> Engorged as fuck. Also, yeah, like nursing uh-uh, nipples uh-uh. in the first like three weeks, kind Ugh. of like fucking shards of glass in yeah. there. Yeah, it's so very wet, so leaky. It's fucking great, guys. It's great. It's so leaky. <laughs> it's fucking great. I mean, it uh, sounds sounds fucking great. <laughs> I got a weird thing for breast milk, and, and I, I learned it early. Early? No, I learned it like <laughs> recently. Uh, anyway, we don't have to go there. I was actually know. just talking about. We did a live last night. We we're talking about our sexual fantasies, yep. and one of mine was no, about okay. being a fucking milkmaided. Oh yeah, man! I yeah. I swear to God, the first time that I was I was having sex with uh, a young woman who had just recently had a baby, and she was on top. And I'm like, I'm a, I am a, I am a baby. Like, I mean, I see a boob and I just immediately latch to it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter whose boob it is. What time of day were I? It's a, it's a a bit of an issue. And so, so she was on top of me and I was like, boobs and grabbed them like I do and was trying to suck on them like I do. And then a bunch surprise. of milk started coming out. Surprise. And I was like, so speaking of engorged, I immediately got engorged. Like my dick got engorged. It was like the. I like came online and I was like, oh, yep. <laughs> like, like into the matrix. Right. Yeah. And, and I, it was in that moment where I like, I was so confused and, and, and she was kind of like, uh, I think she was like, no, I'm like, that's a bit weird for me. Like, don't, don't go there. There's breast milk. Like, or maybe she was trying to protect me. I don't know. But I was so confused. And then I went home and I was just like, did, did I like that? I liked that. <laughs> I it's really like that. And then yeah. I like I tried to like sneak more of it. And the next time I went, I was like, oh, see if I can get some more. <laughs> I don't think she was comfortable Taking with it. Taking candy though. from a baby. That's awesome. that was it, man. That was, yeah, that was, she was like, save it for my fucking daughter, bro. Oh. <laughs> you'll, you'll make more. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. The yeah. Higher demand. Yeah. That's what I, higher the right? yield. Yeah. That's yeah. what I told her. <laughs> you'll make more. Yeah. You've got more. Fuck. <laughs> Give me some. Oh my God. Selfish. Fuck. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Sorry, I totally derailed I know. You. That's okay. Uh, weirdly enough, I actually held the train of thought, which is <laughs> a goddamn good, good, miracle. Good, good, good. <laughs> Fuck. Um, yeah. So I didn't, ha- even though I nursed my first, I was still super horny. And then it totally disappeared this time. And I, so while we were talking to Sandra, which is the naturopathic doctor that we had on, she brought up iron low iron can actually be an issue and i lost quite a bit of blood that was one thing with my free birth where i was like i feel like that was a lot of blood yeah like i remember having that conversation and i felt a little bit more drained than i did with my first and i i uh yeah so i'm i'm Hmm. i'm curious if that played a factor where are you at now though like when was the last time you had a baby pumped a baby up (laughs) how do you ask that question um, when was the last baby? How when, old is your baby? How old are you? <laughs> would be a good, would be mean, a good question. It, it's all going to get the same answer. How old are your babies? <laughs> so my my youngest is 10 months. And so she just okay, 10 so, months. so then where are you at now in terms of, of coming back into that, that your, your sexuality? Have you reclaimed any of it? Well, I didn't. This is the interesting thing. I don't think I completely lost 
it because I was doing other things. Like I was intentionally mm-hmm. trying to foster that yeah. sexual connection with myself, being like, mm. downstairs I ain't feeling it. Even but if what it didn't else mean is, sex, right? You were still exactly. Doing lots of so I stuff. was like, okay, well, let's bring in more pleasure. Let's yeah. bring in more intimacy with my partner in other ways because this isn't working for me right now. But that doesn't mean it has to be dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, though I think that's how a lot of us feel is like well if I'm not feeling it I can't enjoy any of it because I don't want to disappoint so and so or or whatever the case may be um but around six months there was this like spark (laughs) this this small spark that started to return and it's still nowhere near what it was but it's it's coming back Mm -hmm. coming back it just talking about all this really makes me um it's it's so wild to think that any of us, all of us, anyone who's listening to this, everybody out there, all those people that are walking right there, those, everyone driving those cars, like they all, we all have a mom yeah. who has gone through their own version of what it is that the two of you have gone through. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's such a like monumental shift in your life oh you know God, like yes. it, it's i can't it's and it's it's you know we were um i was speaking today at a high school in 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 new glasgow and one of the questions the kids asked was i was talking about you bride and i was talking about yeah i got married and you know i've got this babe wife and she's super cool and they're like are you gonna have kids and i was like no no kids for us and sitting here talking to you guys and just thinking about like wow like what if you never have that experience it, do you do you, like when you talk to moms being what you're what 35 now mm-hmm. talking to moms does it make you do you get any sort of like uh-oh time's ticking you, no. it, it, you just don't have it I don't have it I think there are there are I have like 12 nieces and nephews mm-hmm. so I've I've held a lot of babies I have four little sisters that I grew up with, so I've changed a lot of diapers and uh, and I love them all fiercely and you know people will say things like you won't know you'll never know what this kind of love is if you're not if you don't if if you don't have a baby and that may be true but I feel like my reasons for not not having them outweigh that that thing that for me mm-hmm. and it's like I don't actually I'm not really very often put in the position of having to defend that mm. um which is great because I shouldn't I, be a, yeah, a right? lot yeah. of people do though and yeah. I, and you know and like sure I've heard the like you'll change your mind and you know all the different ways that 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 people kind of respond to that but I don't know it's just not I feel like unless I really want a kid yeah i don't think i'm gonna do it and that's fair as fuck i hate that conversation of of you never know until you Uh, it it. pisses me off it's like you never know if you like skydiving until you do it but does that mean i have to do it (laughs) no you dumb fuck (laughs) right like it doesn't mean i have to do it yeah sure it might be really cool to have kids and love them but it doesn't mean i have to fucking do it Mm -hmm. yeah right like you have those nieces and nephews like I have a niece and that's enough for me to not want to have a daughter anymore. <laughs> like I look at her, I'm just like, you're like a little fucking me. I'm sorry, Meg, but I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll fucking help. I won't have a daughter. I'll fucking help with her. Yeah. Mm. You know, like it's like, yeah. yeah, I, I think also that, uh, 
Oh, what did you just say? I don't know. It's, it's completely gone <laughs> from my brain. You said you hit that conversation about, about uh, you'll never know until yeah, you try until it. Until I actually do it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's gone. Anyway. That's, that's fair. That, the amount of time that happens totally while we're podcasting. Out, right? yeah. Oh, fuck. Well, it's because you guys are moms. Mom, you excuse. Mom brain mom is brain. fucking mom real. Brains. Yeah. Mom it's real. Yeah. yeah. It's an archetype, I guess. I'll never... I'll never know how to embody. You know, we work with that a lot yeah. as actors. And like, when I think about what my, my, what would be really fulfilling, I think about having kids would be to, you know, ideally help raise humans that are going to heal yes. the world. And that's yeah. like the shit that we get off on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking weird. But, <laughs> but, yeah. but I mean, like one of the things that I get really excited about in having kids is like the looking at my life trajectory and and the choices that my parents made and how it affected me and then what I'm going to choose to change Mm. with raising my kids Mm. and like the sex conversations and the tracking your menstrual cycle conversations and like the resources that I can provide to support them in their sensuality and like every area of their life like I'm excited for that because what's that going to do Mm. ripple effect wise what will sex uh talks look like with your kids oh man um we actually we were talking about this last night Mm -hmm. when we recorded so we're both really big into um i'm super interested and passionate about fertility awareness method you're super passionate and uh lit up about which very similar um so for me, like, that's one of the first things that I want to teach my kids. And it's already kind of starting now in the sense that I don't hide my period. Like, she knows that my my eldest, who is four, knows that at some point she's going to have her moon blood yeah. um, or period or menstruation, depending on <laughs> what mood I'm in the day that she's yeah. like, whoa, cool. Um, and she's going to have access to any and all products that she wants to support herself in the way that feels right for her yeah. and so it's just going to be open honest conversation we have been talking about uh when's going to be the right time to like give her her first sex toy mm. what that's going to look like because that's something the amount of weird shit that i put in my body give when her I was a kid, her first sex toy yes Fuck yeah. the amount of weird wow. unhealthy never... shit that i put in my body when yeah. i was like right a child trying to figure shit out right not good right because you guys put things in there yeah were you what? like that Bridie? because I, I was like that. i just I was like rubbing I was rubbing pillows well I started there I started there and then it escalated to like what random housewares can I find you start sticking the fucking hair curler I did fuck man no but there was there was a you know those vibrating razors Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do a that. Razor, I took the head off every time. Oh my lord. And I would clean it and put it back. We had a vibrating <laughs> back massager and that right? was my oh. best. I also had one of those. I, yeah. I upgraded to one a, of those. I bought myself a magic one. Wand. Uh, <laughs> it's like they still sell them. Yes, but when you're like fourteen, you yeah. can't go get one. And if no. you have parents that aren't open to having yeah. those conversations, you yeah. can't That's right. You have no access to it, right? Wow, what a what a neat th- I've never this is the first time I've ever heard anyone utter the word and it's uh how exciting is that like again there's i mean a big part of this is we're trying to convince my mother for this special hundredth like mom tacular episode <laughs> mom tacular i'm trying to get i'm trying to like talk to my mom about what her life is like as a sexual being now that she's mm-hmm. going through a divorce Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like what what is dating like when you're in your late fifties? Mm. What does what is you know like what does like do you, are, 
do you think about what it's going to be like to have sex with someone else for the first time in like your entire life? Like that, I mean, mm. essentially, you know, I, I mean, I don't even know how many people my mom has slept with before my dad. I can't imagine it's many. I can't imagine it's any. I want to give your mom a sex toy, like really badly. Oh, just be I, like, well, please. okay. I, I don't know about this, <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure she has some. She definitely has some. She definitely the has The thing some. about Maxine is that she is great at taking care of herself. Like, awesome. like her soul, her spirit, her oh, yeah. heart. She's oh, got awesome. great friends. She's got a wicked sense of humor. Like, she's, she, oh, she's already... She's already talking about the new lingerie that she's bought. And so... <laughs> Why did I mean, hear about this? That's awesome. You didn't because, tell me that. But, you, but there's... there's Okay, there's a difference. Like, we... I got in a really interesting conversation with my brother. So mm-hmm. my Instagram is super revealing because a lot of what I do is, like, love your body, even if it's changing and different or curvy or stretch marks or whatever. And so I expose a lot of myself on my Instagram. And my brother made the mistake of following me briefly right. for, like, a 12-hour <laughs> right. period of time. Yeah. To which he was like, I quickly unfollowed you. And I was like, yes, because you're my brother and that's yeah. weird. I was like, I would have given you the heads up. Totally. To yeah. Totally. I, mean, I, I yeah. wasn't expecting my mom to text me and be like, hey, Jerry, I got a new like lacy black panties. <laughs> but but I'm surprised that you didn't tell me that she told you that because my, here's the thing. I'm my mom has, My mom hasn't even told me that she's gone on a date yet and she's gone on multiple. I know this only through you and through my sister. And your dad. And my dad. Like, no one else is... She's not... She doesn't tell... And we don't have that relationship. We don't have that sort of... We... I mean, Christ, I can't wait to talk to my mom if if we can fucking convince her to be on this episode. I can't wait to talk to her about she's our like, sex talk. I'll be the talk of the town, LOL. Oh, my God, Mom. She's coming on for sure. I told her it was a mom episode. She's like, I think you better find somebody else. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like who else? I, you're my only mom! <laughs> um, so, but, so, coming full circle back to what you were just saying about giving your, your, your kid a sex toy. Yeah. Like, that is... That is the fucking coolest thing. Right? That's it. Age? Really is. So this is I think tomorrow. I think we're gonna. She's have to ten tell months. It let her play with it. <laughs> so, I mean, no, it, well, complete, talking, it doesn't have to be a sex story right off the bat. We're talking about the four-year-old, so I've got less time. <laughs> right, less right, time. Right, right, right. So I mean, the conversation that that we've had, it's kind of gone back and forth between somewhere between like eleven and fourteen is kind of what we're thinking about. Whoa. And the first one will be like Whoa. non-phallic. It will be like probably a super slim like quartz mm-hmm. wand, and I'll be like do with what you want if you just want to put it on your your little nightstand and whatever and look at it and like ea crystals great if you want to use it great yeah here's your cool aunt go talk to her about it if you're not comfortable talking to me because wow. i think but i think this is the other exciting. thing is you need to have people in your corner who can have the conversations that your kids don't want to have with you mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. right and i Good like mm-hmm. as a parent i need to recognize that my kid's probably not going to want to go into detail with mm. me or get the the details from me so i need to have those people yeah, I wish that I was going to have the opportunity because, like, having two boys. Oh, you can definitely get, give him a flashlight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. shit. Why not? Yeah. I had so my, the first sex toy I ever used was a thing that was supposed to actually just use for my CF. And it was supposed to. It's 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 like a percussor, like a physio thing that was supposed to like go like like on my lungs, on my chest. Yeah. To, like break up the mucus in my lungs, and but it goes like it like I do this. Now take that jacket up by like 100 beats per second. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> and so I took that thing and I was like, what does it feel like if I just jammed it onto my cock and yep. I just sl- like just pushed it into the head of my penis and I was like, oh, oh, wow, 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 w
Oh. Wow. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> mom. <laughs> My mom was like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm going to tell my mom that. I, I don't think she knows that I used my percussor. I'll tell her when we record story. with her. Yeah, she'll oh fucking love God. it, I'm sure. So, That's, yeah, you know, you yeah, can just yeah, get your, yeah, kid, get your little greatest. boy one of those. Yeah, right. flashlight for his 13th birthday. <laughs> I got erotic literature when I was oh. like, you know, I was, 11, I was 12, 13. That yeah, that was like my masturbation fodder for sure. <laughs> but I never put anything in there, I don't think. Oh, huh. man. Yeah. I did, I did some weird things. Yeah? I did some weird Man, things. Man, I remember the first time that I fingered myself, and all I could think about was one of my friends being like, Sarah fingered herself. Because like, I remember like us teasing each other. Like, oh, she went and fingered herself. So that's all I could think Stupid about. Stupid fucking like, Afterwards, I was like, the worst. shit. Like, <laughs> are all the kids Why did I have them? Fuck. That, like, honestly, like... Man, you oh guys are God. raising these well, this is monsters. And, but but <laughs> my goal is to like help them be less monstrous, yeah. right? Like make yeah. better choices. Don't be a giant asshole. Yeah. Like my oldest Henry, he's three, and he already helps me open my pads when I'm That's on awesome. my period. Mm-hmm. He's like, Mama, so you need pad? I'm like, Yeah, but can you just go and get that for me, little man? <laughs> and he's so stoked to do it. I'm no. like, Natasha's three-year-old is also going through a very loving phase where he's just like throwing his arms around uh, everybody and telling them how much that he loves them and his he's, little brother and his big brother. If people were there with our four-year-old right now, oh, so yeah. fucking fucking sweetest. Cute. So if people, cute. if people want to see, honestly, like I don't, I, I try not to like pedal my own, my own personal shit, but like go follow me on Instagram or just go to my Instagram. You don't have to follow. Um, <laughs> but there's a highlight called Hudson and it's just, it's all him. And it is, and it's like, it's him as he's been growing up, man. I, sometimes I'll just sit at, and I'll just go through that one highlight and I'll just watch it all. He's so fucking cute. See, we do that as mothers with our own pictures yep. and children. Like yeah. we just sit there and weep it's over like, photos. Honestly, like we just put them to bed and then we start looking at right? the photos and weeping. <laughs> well, no, there's about a two hour cool off period. And then yeah. I'm like, have a toke. Aww. And then yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah definitely. Let the weed kick in. Yeah. <laughs> like suddenly I have feelings again. What would you say out of everything you've done so far with the show? I mean, I know it's early, but it, it's mm-hmm. still, you're still, you're, it, weekly episodes? Yeah. Yeah, so you're having a lot of conversations. Um, mm-hmm. Has there been one big takeaway? Something that you weren't expecting or something that you've you've kind of learned that really kind of, I don't know, like rocked your world? Hmm. I was going to say, I feel like the microbiome conversation blew your mind a little bit. That's pretty Well, funny. yeah, that was a big aha moment, learning that you can put actual fucking <laughs> yogurt on your pussy to help a yeast overgrowth, a yeast infection. Girl, I've been right? doing that since I was a teenager. Right? Yeah. Right? I didn't. I, I haven't didn't done that to me. My well, pussy. actually, the, this, this, was on the po- this was on our podcast, too, that maybe you might have to. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Dip, your, dip your dick in the, yes. in the old yeah, yeah. little kefir solution yeah <laughs> for a yeast infection yeah, yeah. No, well yeah, yeah. yeah and to like to prevent giving you yeast infections like oh, just yeah. Yeah. stir some ke- stir my morning kefir with my penis <laughs> I'm telling 100%. you 100% whether yeah. it was a diva cup in my diva cup days or a tampon in my tampon days just like sticking them in the yogurt yeah. filling it up getting it Never. up there oh wow yeah. and it's so cooling right 
Yeah. Like that's that's when I was like, shit. That's when it all clicked for me. I was like, the cooling. Mm. Like I'm thinking about all those times I had a yeast infection. Right. Like what would I want the most? It's like a cooling sensation. Yeah. And it was instantaneous. Yeah. Uh, cooling yeah. and also recolonizing yeah. your vagina for. Have you guys ever happiness. had a yeast infection in your asshole? No. no. Uh, I, Man. I've had it around my asshole yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Where I was like, yeah. oh, I want to rub my bum on the carpet like a dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> right? that feeling. hundred percent. But yeah. never in. Well, well, I don't. I mean, was it? I, it it was on. It you could, had I don't it know on. If it was in. Yeah. For oh, for sure. Oh, when you were on antibiotics, you, because you're on antibiotics the all the time. No, uh, well, was it the antibiotics that well, I was in the hospital? Antibiotics. Antibiotics will. Exacerbate, I was getting the antibiotics. Yeah. Exacerbate all the yeah. things. Yeah. I have also had. A I had large never had a itchier butthole in my life. I know we have a few like pharmacists who listen to the podcast, and every anytime I recommend any sort of like out there, out there, like in quotes, well, yeah, um, like from your kitchen treatment, they right. always be like. By the May, way, by the way, there, this is there's a potential issue with this, um, which I love and totally appreciate. Uh, but garlic cloves as well. Yeah. Yeah. Though you ha- okay, the thing with garlic cloves that many people don't talk about is you've got to fucking gauze that shit. I d- I don't. Oh, you can burn. You can there's, burn there's on the outside. The inside doesn't really burn. Oh, you can though. You oh, can yeah. like burn. Is, you can cause yeah. a chemical burn in your vaginal tissue. We also talked about this with Sandra. Dude. Okay, so guarantee you. There's, there's paramedics. Paramedics. There's paramedics out there thinking the exact same Attending. thing. Yeah, but too. what you burn so and I think it would change based on like your <laughs> personal tissue, right? right? Like whether or not you're more prone to having a chemical burn. Right. But what you should be, what you could be doing, which yeah. is a little more safe is you actually wrap it in gauze and then insert it. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a barrier. So you're still mm-hmm. getting the power of the garlic, but you're not like skin tissue to burning garlic. Every it. time I, you've ever said that, I've always gone, God, I feel like that would burn No, I, because I've gotten it like around the, the opening and that burns like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But once you get it all the way up there, and I got to say, oh putting put cloves of garlic in my vagina... I have never gone so far into my own vagina with my own hand. Oh my god! Because you gotta fish that fucking thing out. I was gonna say, how do you, do you push it out? You don't push it out. You gotta fish it out. Yeah, you gotta fish it out. You can't you just squeeze get up it there. out. Well, you that's gotta like move around yoni all the eggs. Yeah, find the well, corners. yeah, you bear down with yoni uh, eggs. But if yeah. you have pelvic floor yeah, issues, yeah, I have been wearing a yoni egg for a while yeah. since I got prolapse. So, yeah. like. Uh-huh. With my prolapse situation, when I am using a yoni egg, like I'm, I am like f- doing the fishing. I'm yeah. doing like the fishing and then it's helping it out. To oh, wow. down. Yoni oh, eggs God. are those literally just like strengthening those pelvic floor yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. I got one before I found out I had a prolapse, and then once I got the prolapse, Surprise. I was like, I don't know. Like I'm a little bit weirded out about putting something up there, and like I know that something's poking out. I'm like, is this like? I'm what if, fucking what if it goes man. in in? Right. You know? <laughs> what if I what if can't gone? Gone for good. You got a yoni egg up in your bladder. Yeah, I hate the word yoni. I hate I hate pretty much I hate the word yurt. I hate pretty much like any word that's got yeah in, in it. Yoni, yurt, yellow. Yogurt. Yogurt. I hate all that shit. My husband, he's from England. Instead of yogurt, he says yogurt. Oh, oh, yogurt. Yogurt. I, every time he says it, I'm like, I'm like Ollie, come Sarah, on. Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> get me the yogurt. Skip down to the fridge uh, and get me some oh, yogurt. Fuck. I'm sorry, baby. You're listening to this right now. <laughs> <laughs> but are you sorry? Yeah. Fuck. Um, that's really funny. Yeah. Um, funny. If people want to uh, if people want to get at you guys or listen to you mm-hmm. or give yourselves a shameless plug here. 
Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm like the... You're the plug girl. You're the, the butt plug girl. <laughs> I don't plug it have up. a butt plug yet. I am working on that. I have one of those uh, stainless steel weighted oh. ones. I actually haven't used it. It's been in a box in my drawer for like mm, three years. We're saving to use it uh, when we go to a pool next and we're going to put her in the deep end, put it in her butt and see if she sinks. <laughs> Please report back on that. Yeah. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> I'll um, have you live in the momgasm <laughs> den. It's not going to does she float or sink? <laughs> um, yeah, so you can connect with us on social media. Best place to do that is Momgasm Podcast on Instagram. We're also on Facebook. Uh, and you can get your ears in the podcast on like pretty much any podcasting platform. Yeah, Definitely hot on the iTunes and Spotify. Uh, so do it right now. Go over there. Look up Momgasm and rate, review, subscribe, mm-hmm. all that important yes. shit. Uh, because, and especially, you know what, I, I have to like, I have to say this because I know that there's a lot of listeners in Atlanta, Canada, uh, especially if you're here, if you're mm-hmm. home, uh, mm-hmm. go do it with just support your, your local podcast. Cause there's, there's, as we, as we learned, um, through the work at, uh, Atlantic podcast summit, there's a lot of really exciting and cool shit coming out of this, out of this part of the country. Yep. And, uh, and I'm just proud as shit to, to be able to say that we can, do this and and be able to sit down with people like yourselves and and have conversations like this yeah. and uh, and thanks for being a part of our, our mom tacular episode <laughs> yeah mom, thank you mom mom guys in 100 yeah it was fun it was fun Well, there we go. One conversation down. They were lovely. They are pretty sweet. And uh, I think we're going to get them back on the show. I would love that. It turns out that um, we're both participating in a podcast panel. Like We're both, as in me and the two of them, um, are, are partici- participating in this panel tomorrow. And, uh, and I read their <laughs> bios and I was like, oh, there's so much shit in here. I wish I had known before we sat down and chatted. Like one of them does a lot of like film production stuff. Yeah, they've got they've got quite um quite the like very yeah. careers behind them. Yeah. Um just like moi. Yeah. Um Is that the uh, But that's tomorrow. You got that you have that tomorrow, that that panel? Aha. Uh-huh. Cool. In Halifax? Yeah, it is. Yeah. That, so if uh, anyone's in Halifax listening to this like as we release it, it would be Wednesday night. Yeah, that's today then technically. I guess it's, yeah, right. T- while you're listening to it. Uh put on by Startup YHZ, uh Startup Halifax. It's a it's a, a chapter of a, like a, a greater Canadian startup uh organization. So there'll be a panel we're going to be talking about uh podcasts um and the business perspective of that, whether you can use it as like a, a way to elevate your already existing business or what is it as a standalone business and so on. And it's like kind of a mixer, like a, ne- a networking event. Cool. So I'll go. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, I guess, you know, since, yes, this is a special 100th episode and we're doing multiple interviews, conversations all in one. But I think we should, you know, stick to... Um, Sort of the norm. Uh, I got a sneeze coming. You ready? Yeah. Don't don't sneeze no, not, right into the microphone. I'm not gonna. I gotta avert your head. Oh, it's gone. Oh damn. I know. Fuck. It was gonna be a good one too. 
It's a face orgasm. It was. My face was contorting. I was like, oh, God. Um, <clears throat> you got a lot of fluid that like rushes to the surface of your face. They might be coming again. <laughs> <laughs> Should we wait I'm, for I'm it? practicing edging. I'm edging, edging? edging my sneezes. Um, uh, but yeah, I want to, let's get to a, a brain boner. Okay. Um, this is a great one. I'm really right. excited about this. Sweet. Uh, it's anonymous. A couple of years ago, I started a new job, and with it, I was naturally meeting a lot of new people. One woman, a volunteer at the organization, was particularly chatty. She was a great volunteer, which made sense since, as she told me, she used to work in a somewhat similar position to the one I now held. Over the course of the year, we worked together on several shifts. It wasn't until I was weeding through old boxes of memorabilia at home that I came across a picture of me and this person from a project we had apparently worked on together in a past life before she transitioned, and with the assumption of different pronouns. I should probably mention that I can be mildly face-blind, but still, when I made the connection, I was shocked. It all started making so much sense. I realized why the person I had worked with before had seemed so much less comfortable in their surroundings than the individual I now knew. But I also couldn't help but wonder if the comments about her previous work, which she had also talked at length about to my coworkers, had been her way of saying, hey, we've kind of met. Having genuinely not made the connection for close to a year, I had always treated her as a new person I met in this new role. My question is, once I made the connection, should I have ever acknowledged it? Or was it right to follow her lead, since she certainly could have pointed it out to me? The organization we work together at has recently been nominated for some awards, and since we still work together often, is it something I could or should ever bring up? I think that's a really... Fucking great question. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, other than asking other people uh, and, and, and getting everybody else's sort of opinion, which is exactly what I would probably do is I'd reach out to a few trusted people and ask that question. Um, so we're asking you, the listeners, to get your thoughts on it. Um, I, I don't know what the appropriate etiquette is there, but myself... I would, I would probably not acknowledge it. I, I mean, yeah. I would probably just move forward. I'd probably put it behind me. Um, that would be my instinct. But as I said, I would ask my friends. I yeah, I mean yeah, definitely discuss it with with maybe friends. But um, I'm kind of with you. I feel like it would be um, I, unless unless this person is the one to bring it up and broach the subject then like then why why need to bring it up i i I, because i feel like you'd be kind of towing the line of like dead naming or like like something within that realm Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah um so it's like and also um at this point it's it's like it's been so long yeah i mean like almost a year is that what they said yeah like is it is it is this for you or for them? Like for you to to bring that up? I, I, feel I suppose like if, it's a politeness thing. It's like I'm sorry I didn't recognize you, kind of thing. You know, like right. you would if yeah. if the whole transition thing wasn't a thing. Right? Maybe they don't want to be recognized. Yeah, totally. Right? Just again, and that that's why I bring up the dead naming thing. It's like, yeah, they, I was in a situation. I was in a social situation not too long ago where. Um, 
two people who had gone to the same high school. Uh, one of them is newly trans-ish, newly. Um, trans, but newly-ish, I think. And uh, wasn't wasn't uh, in high school. And person number one was trying to figure out if they knew person number two in high school because they were talking about parties they had been to and etc and person number one asked person number two what their name was and I like a part of me was like I don't think that's okay but in the context I couldn't tell but did they ask what did they say what was your name with the knowledge that their name was something else in high school because they had transitioned yeah Mm, right. Yeah, see, I... Okay, what was the response? Uh, the person number two just answered. Right. But I couldn't tell. I, the body language was definitely not super comfortable, but yeah. but it was so so brief. It was hard to say. And then I meant to ask him if... Or just, like, separately aside, say... How did you feel about that? How did that feel? Yeah, was yeah. that, you know, and also I will, I'll mention it to person number one because I don't right. think they know, but I never did that. And, and the, and the opportunity, um, I suppose is still there now. So it's been a couple of I think weeks. the opportunity is still there. I mean, here's the thing that that's an opportunity for, for that is an opportunity for someone to learn something Yeah. in a, in a non like confrontational and very like productive way. Mm hmm. Right. I read a book on, and that's what they suggested you do. Oh well, then why didn't you should do what they suggest you do in the book? You know what? I felt all this like, um, you know, I don't know. I maybe you can't relate to this, but there, there is something that happens to me sometimes when I need to approach a subject like that or say something that I feel like needs to be said, and it it makes me like shake and then like cry a little bit um, broaching those subjects. And I don't know why that happens. If it's like, I'm sure it's like old conditioning of some kind, but, um, but I think that's why I Mm. avoided it. I mean, I waited around for this person to try to catch them alone for a bit that day. um, And then didn't encounter them. You should write them a message. Yeah, I will. I think it's a good question, though, uh, to our, our Ghislaine there who wrote in with that. Um, and Ghislaine did specifically put it out there to the listeners. So mm-hmm. would so love to get your thoughts on yeah. this. Especially if you are trans yourself yeah. and you have you have something to weigh in um, on with your thoughts because mm-hmm. uh, it would be it would be really interesting. Um, all right, cool. Um, what's. Anything else you want to? Anything else you want to jam on before we throw this to this conversation, this fucking crazy conversation with your mother? Uh, well, no, I don't think so. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm like reaching for things right now, but I think I, I covered a lot of what I'm jamming on in our in our initial intro, which is like this whole fe- feminine masculine thing. I'm t- totally down this rabbit hole of John Wineland. Oh, dude, fucking John Wineland. Okay, so if anyone listened to our la- last week's episode, what men crave? What men crave? We talked about this guy John Wyland, who was like, he's he's a, a what like a, a sexual sex- intimacy teacher, right? And, and and he runs like many men's groups, yeah. And and we watched the video, and before we even started recording, you're like, let's watch this video and then record an episode. And I was like, that's a great idea. And then we watched the video, and and I was like, oh man, I don't know if I want to talk about this during an episode, uh, but then we did. 
and I said some things about like, yeah, but there's like, there was a couple things that came up for me that just make me a little wary because I'm so, I've been so, um, as of late, just as of late, just been thinking a lot about, about, you know, um, dangerous charisma and, and, and specifically like men in the, in, in places of, of power like that. But okay. So I, I voice that, but I also voice that in the episode, making sure to like point out that I don't specifically feel this way about this guy, John Wineland. Yeah. However, I just, just need to acknowledge that those feelings definitely presented themselves and I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't like acknowledge that. Yeah. Well, then a fucking couple days later, we're home and you're just crushing the John Wineland. I'm like, like you're, watching you're in the everything kitchen I can find. And you, you don't even have headphones on. You're just watching it out loud in the kitchen. And then you're like, I walk in the kitchen to like get some coffee and you go, hey, did you know that John Wineland's daughter died of CF? And I went, no shit. Who is his daughter? And you were like, Claire Wineland? Now, I say that name and some people might, that might just go right over their head. But if anyone uh, does know anything about the CF community, Claire Wineland is like a fucking CF hero who just recently passed away. And uh, there was a very, um, very lovely film that just recently came out. Uh, uh, Justin Baldoni released a film um, uh, based on a couple of um, young kids that have cystic fibrosis. Um, It's a narrative film, right? Not a documentary. No, it's not. No, it's, um, it's... it's called Five Feet Apart, and it's about it's a narrative about about a young woman who falls in love with this guy in the hospital, and they both have CF. Well, the young woman, the the character Haley Richardson, Haley Lou Richardson, I think plays the character, is based off of Claire. And Claire was like, she had this amazing podcast, or not a podcast, but a YouTube channel, and she like she really put CF on the map in the in the U.S. Like she was. She was on Ellen. I mean, she she was just like a such an advocate, and she was, and she was so charming. Yeah, and she was so charismatic. Yeah, and she was so well spoken, and she was so passionate. And as soon as I fucking made the realization that she is John Wineland's, da- I went, "Oh my god! Of course she's John Wineland's daughter. Mm. Of course she gets all of that from this guy that we just watched, who is so charismatic and probably and her so mom. charming." And her mother too. I mean, I've, 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 I had the, the very, um, very much an honor to meet her mother and speak with her mother um, when I was hanging out with Justin. And anyway, it was just such a fucking trip. But what's so interesting is how immediately it completely shifted the way that I viewed John Wineland. Right. Like all of those, like. <laughs> All those preconceived notions like were immediately washed away. Yeah. Which then I had to like check that and be like, oh, okay, is that is that fair? Like, you know, is that, <laughs> what, where the fuck does that come from? Well, I am fucking loving it. Every goddamn thing that I see, I am obsessed with. He's got some really great talks about intimacy. I have like mm-hmm. videos, uh, What's this one called? Three Ways to Deepen Intimacy in Any Moment on YouTube. I watched that this morning. I'm like, I listened to this podcast 
with, called the Lifestylist podcast with, um, I can't remember the name of the host, but it was an interview with John Wineland and it just, it was like a video version of it and I watched the whole thing. It was like two hours long, blew my mind. And he talked about the, the pillars of sexual intimacy and this like how, you know, all of us have these masculine and feminine sides, both of them. And, and, and we switch b- between being like polar masculine or polar feminine in the different aspects of our life. Like any sort of reaction is female energy and, and, and like hmm. stillness and rudeness is like male energy or ma- not male, masculine energy. And so it, it's not about, it's not about like gender. It's about it's about these like quality, the yang, the yin sort of yeah. sort of thing, mm-hmm. and or like the archetypal quality. Yeah, um, it makes a ton of sense um, to me personally, and uh, and I and I, if you have the time to listen to that particular podcast or watch it, I think it's a really nice one um, to watch. Um, it's again the the episode. It's the Lifestylist podcast. The episode is called John Wineland, Six Pillars of Sexual and Spiritual Intimacy. And it just has like really great tips in there for for better communication and relationships and all through this lens of, of, of like masculine and feminine energy and what they do to each other and how they work together and how they, they polarize each other and how they work in, in, in attraction. And it's just like it de- it helped me with some of the things that I have been challenged with throughout my whole life, which is like, why do I close up at certain moments? Like where, mm. why is, why? And this is outside of a, because when we first started talking about this stuff and where this is coming from, you were using this very much from like a a performance or a performer's sort of lens. Exactly. But, but now it seems like you're talking about something much deeper than that, something much more personal yeah. than your craft yeah. and more so your your real true life. Yeah, and, and at the same time it unifies all those things. Right, right, right. And so I've been I've been really contemplating cultivating not cultivating because it's not like I have to grow it it's not like it's not there but nourishing is the word that they use nourishing my feminine because I live I do live a lot of my masculine like I got things to do I've got things organized in such a way I've got lists I've Mm -hmm. got I've got containers I've got my I'm rationalizing things and all of that is considered very like masculine energy and then feeling and um and like and opening your body um and it's, it's other practices like that are considered like more feminine energy mm-hmm. so again i just want to stress this isn't about gender or like male and yeah. female and yeah. that's it it's it's like these these balances that i don't know like i would hate to be saying this to like I don't know, like a medical doctor, because I feel like I feel like I'd be looking at a lot of skepticism. I feel like I'd be like feeling really defensive, but I think it would be really interesting for everybody to listen to and and take perspective on it because it seems so relatable to me. Right. But I mean, that's just me. So anyway, it's it's been it's been medicine from my heart. It's been really healing for my heart in terms of like, oh, Bridie, it's okay that you feel closed up when somebody needs something from you right. like when they are asking for love and you close up there there's a real like there's a 
there's an explanation for that, an energetic explanation for that. And I can work with that. Bridie can work with that. Like it's really hard for me to rationalize myself out of my feelings. But if I can name my feelings and understand them on on a level that like moves me, then I can work with it. Do you feel like this is stuff that you like, you know, you go through this work and you explore these ideas and these thoughts using using it taking it in from this this lens, this this particular language that's being used. And then after doing that work, do you think that there's a way for you to to share that with your partner in a way that they can understand where you're coming from so that they you know what I mean? Like it's one thing for you to go, oh, I understand why I feel this way when I'm not getting the love or when I'm being requested to give something and I don't have the fucking like desire or a cap- capacity to give, which is all well and good. But like if your partner doesn't isn't on the same page, it's kind of it. I feel like that could be problematic. I agree. And what's so funny about that is like, you know, I'm I asked my boyfriend to listen to this podcast <laughs> with me and he totally did. And it was it's it's really great and I, I trusted him to sort of be able to hear it and 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 not and hear it and sit with it and etc. And um but but I thought about that too because in the first video we watched, the What Men Crave video, he yeah. was like, Don't tell us what work we need to do or what podcast we <laughs> yeah. should listen to yeah, or right. like, you know, what yeah. articles we should read. <laughs> And I was like, okay, you were doing exactly I was like, that. okay, I'm going to ask for this no more than three times yeah. because I don't like, I think there is a difference there. I think it's just like, this is for me. I want you to understand a part of me. So yes. would you be open to this? And um, when he was, was saying that in what men crave, I think it was more like, watch this so you can fuck like watch this, like get quick help, like yeah. fix landmark video like like you're just dealing with unresolved childhood issues and you should read this book what's that fucking book that becca gave me like for my birthday once and i just never touched it um the power of now isn't it yeah it was the power of now and i'm like i'm never gonna read that she wasn't giving it to me to go you should read this because it'll change like i think it'll make you better for me yeah she was just i think she was like hey this might be something that you like this before she really knew me it's interesting though because it's it's such a vocabulary this 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 John Wineland vocabulary. It's not his, but for lack, I don't know what no, else to call it. No, no, but he does use a very specific, he's using very specific language to get a point across. Yeah. And, uh, and like, I, it's hard for me to, cause I am new to it. I don't know how to communicate about it without using that vocabulary. So it's helpful for my partner to also have, yeah, yeah to, to at least have at heard least it. know what I'm referencing. Yeah. And, uh, <coughs> and I thought about that and I I think it marks a very significant shift in my understanding of my own um, emotions, reactions, personality, behaviors. It, it's been, it's opened up, like, I'm down, I'm fucking every day consuming as much of this as I can. Yeah. And then turning my eye to books like Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, and going with the this this filter in place and and going oh my god it all makes so much sense and it all feels so right and it all feels so like like wisdom you know like that i i've always known this and i you know that kind of wisdom i've always yeah. known this well Even i mean that's what, that's why people that's why people fucking love inspirational speakers yeah. is cuz they're going 
it's not because they're going, oh, I've never thought about that, or I've, I, this is, I, this is so new to me. They're going, it, 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 a good inspirational speaker is going, I'm telling you shit you already know, yeah, but I'm saying it to you in a language that fucking packs a punch, right? That like hits you to your core, right? Because you might have heard this exact same thing from your fucking parents. Yeah. You might have heard this exact same thing from your partner. You might have heard this exact same thing from your teacher. You might have heard this exact same thing from whoever. But it didn't resonate until you heard it the way I said it because the way I said it, I know is going to be effective. Yeah. Because I put so much fucking thought into how to say this to you. It's like the my fucking TED Talk on on, on dying. I just fucking put all... Everyone knows they're going to die. But then to stand up there and go, look, I've like slaved for six months straight trying to word exactly how I want to tell you that you're going to die really can change the way that you think about, oh, yeah, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm going to die, you know? And uh, clearly John is very gifted at this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like he he has many different approaches for teaching this kind of material. Like mm. I was just on his website and like he's got he's got sessions, like month-long sessions that you can sign up to be a part of that are that there many of them happening concurrently and all of them sold out. Like yeah. he's he's clearly quite effective at, at what he's doing. And I, yeah, I I think being exposed to this and I've been saying for months like I want to know more about Tantra I want to know more about like and this is the kind of I don't know I still don't know fuck what Tantra is but (laughs) this like sexual and spiritual intimacy is Mm -hmm. what I mean and it is like the way he talks about it I'm like fuck yeah that's what I want that's Mm -hmm. the kind of sex that I want that's the kind of spirituality that I want Mm -hmm. and and it's worth it's worth it to me to like investigate it and it's worth it to me to hassle my partner to investigate it too because i don't know i feel like there's a before john wyland and an after john wyland <laughs> with me right now it's i mean you're, it's dr- subtle. you're drinking the juice no it's subtle <laughs> but i i'll never i'll never not have this this understanding or mm-hmm. and it weaves its way beautifully <laughs> into my creative practices mm-hmm. and so on and uh anyway i i just think that there's a lot of a lot of good stuff in there and um well i wonder i went like last week was one of our biggest download weeks in a in a chunk of time okay there's a lot of people i, I don't know if it was the episode title or what or People were just really digging what they heard and they shared it, but there's a lot, there was quite a few people that tuned in last week. And so I'm curious to know, like I'm, I am curious to know who has discovered what he's up to now, like out of our audience and, and our, our. Anyone else down the rabbit hole? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like is anybody else kind of eating this stuff up? Cause I haven't taken the time yet to really, di- to really dive into his work. I am super interested um, I'm, and I, I bet he's got it. stuff on grief, you know, for fucking sure, dude. I would love to. Let's get him on. Turn me on. Yeah, totally. we should do it. But he's on my. He's number one on my list right now. Okay, all right. Sure, okay, <laughs> I, we're talking about figuring out a trip. I yeah, mean, oh, there's so many places I want to go. I know. We you. Just... I mean, I'm look. This is not a guarantee. I'm not. If you hear this, don't get excited. But you were like, oh, yeah, we should do like Vancouver, Portland. And I was like. 
Vancouver, Portland would be pretty cool. But also, if we're doing Vancouver, Portland... We got to go to California. You might as well just pop down to LA for a day or two. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. But then there's all of our loved ones yeah. and our, our beloved listeners as well in the region of Ontario. You know yes. that. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of Ontario. They love. want. They have been. You know, yeah. they were amazing on our lot. La- there's so many more stories to get. Yeah. But then there's also New York. That's like. Hi, uh, look how many amazing yeah. people are here in New York. It's maybe true. you should. Uh, uh, New York intimidates me, though. I feel like maybe we should have a little competition uh, that that <laughs> amongst our listeners that, are, that that tell us where we go next. Be our compass. Be as loud as you can on our <laughs> social media, and whoever's loudest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, maybe we can we can think about that. We can talk about that. Let's. You know what? Let's go. Let's keep this this going. Let's get back into the mom shit. Okay. So we're about to hear a conversation that I had with my mom. Um, and it was the day that she got her uh, her teeth. Um, she's been without teeth for the last the last like month or so. And Man, how crazy is it? Cute as a button. Like, so I, I saw your mom for the first time without teeth, like when we were on PEI last week. Yeah. And I forgot that she had all her teeth removed. Like yeah. she had, she had dental surgery, went through a whole thing. So they had to remove a bunch of her teeth. And she, the, I guess the process to like get, um, replacement, like dentures, like, like a really good set of new, f- new teeth takes a while. So she was without teeth. She kept referring to herself as looking like something that flew out of a cave. Well, dude, <laughs> I, I saw her for the first time and I was like, I couldn't stop staring at her. I was shocked. I was shocked at how, completely and i mean completely different her entire face was uh-huh she was almost not un- unrecognizable but like she didn't look like it was hard the to Charlene say that i know whether she looked more like a toddler or more like a <laughs> senior yeah yeah i mean she honestly she looked like a, a, a has, descendant of her own like, she has a very innocent face so interesting yeah so without teeth, it, it, yeah, I don't know. I mean, she's just very trippy, very trippy, but she's got them now. She looks fucking beautiful. She looks great. Um, she always does, but she, uh, she, she was like, I think I talk better without them now. So yeah. we have this, we have this conversation coming up with my mom and it, it's been a long time, uh, in the works. I've wanted to talk about some of these things with my mom. <laughs> My sister Tara is in the background. You'll hear her very distinctive laugh. And Jeremy's in the background as well. And because uh, my mom's not used to speaking on a microphone. She's a fantastic, fine actress, but not used to speaking directly into a microphone for a podcast. So the audio is a bit, Jeremy did his magic, worked his magic, did his best. But the audio is sometimes uh, slightly higher or lower in volume. As she, you- she was basically holding the mic like. Yeah, like super and then far from her face, and then and then sometimes right up to her mouth. So I tried to work the audio as best as I could, but um, uh, and you should be able to hear it. But just just know that like there's some parts where you might need to turn the volume up a little, and then there's some parts where you might need to like jack the volume down a little. Um, uh, but but I think for the most part we got it. And uh, and may, also I have to say this: like you didn't even tell your mom. You literally just like invited her over and then like gave her a mic and was like, this is cool. Just uh, just take this and we're going to, I'm just going to ask, like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to hit record. Like I told her I was going to send her 
the edited episode to make sure she was okay with it before I posted it. And she said, you don't have to do that. I trust you, which is a big deal because there's some stuff in this episode. And I guess we should maybe there's a little trigger warning that this episode does contain um, not not details, but dimension (laughs) of um, of uh, incest and child molestation. Yeah. The last episode actually. The last guy, the momgasm had that too. We oh. probably should should have said that. At the this top. is a retroactive, the retroactive, and also from this part, part four, point forward, you never know. They're just trigger warning to all of this because you know what? It's really common. It's like <laughs> really, really common uh, mm-hmm. for that to be a part of of uh, someone's experience, and and you know, it's probably about time that we just acknowledge that and uh, and try to use use that to to move forward, but. Um, yeah, for some other context, uh, this conversation comes on the day my grandmother still didn't pass away, but decided to rally and live. So this is mom and two daughters and Jeremy talking about motherhood, momliness, sexuality, and so on. teeth <laughs> sound like my husband <laughs> are we uh, um have have you talked to uh cat at all about has he made jokes about not ha- you not having teeth of course he <laughs> he just uh, not you know he didn't have to say much he just sort of uh, 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 uh. <laughs> chocolate brown laughter uh-huh chocolate brown laughter yes um, mom, what comes to mind? Did you have the sex talk with any of your kids? Cause I, I, I didn't have that. I don't think opportunity. Actually, I do remember you getting infuriated with me from coming, coming home from school with a, with a hickey when I was living with you for that year when I was 13. Yeah. <laughs> you were, those were thought to be terrible things, but that was another generational thing. Right. Yeah. Did you have that? Did you have to? Have I tried. That? Yeah. Uh, I tried to talk to Tara about it. What was that like? She was in the bathtub. She was about nine. And uh, we had been having some frank talks, and I sat on the floor in the bathroom, and I thought this is the time. So I wanted to explain to her about, well, it wasn't even about sex. It was about her her period starting. And, you know, um, and she was, she started to grin, and she just kept grinning, kept, kept bigger and bigger and bigger, and then she just felt sorry for me. We said, Mama, I know all this. <laughs> Playground conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but it was also when I promised that if they tell me the truth, I won't freak out. So um, they told me when they decided to lose their virginity, even my baby wrote to me to say, um, "Oh, I did." You were thinking of going onto the pill, and you just wanted to let me know if I had any thoughts on it. 
I probably still have the letter in Ireland. Oh my God. I did it in handwriting? Yeah. Well, you said, um, you, you were told Shay, and Shay, and Shay said, have you, you did tell mommy about this, did you? Or you did talk to mommy about this, did you? Or something like that. And I was like, I guess I better write this letter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Add another two weeks to my virginity. <laughs> um, as a, as a, a woman who's been through many different phases in life, have you noticed anything about your like sex drive or sexuality or sexual relationships that you would like me to know moving forward in my life? Like any, any advice, I guess? Only that it keeps changing. <laughs> Every decade is a new kind of experience with hormones, you know, and um, or lack thereof. Yeah. And uh, you just have to constantly be ready for the fact that I think it's every seven years you have a brand new body. Mm. Still you. You just got to remember you're not your body. Were there any times in your life where you felt like... Um, like a significant like shift or like learning experience about yourself sexually yeah every <laughs> every uh time i fell in love <laughs> with a different person it's a different experience it was a different different partner yeah that's interesting yeah that that the the energy of a new relationship and the inhibition that sometimes creeps, um, the inhibition that starts off maybe in the fresh relationship when you can be someone brand new. Yeah. Um, that's a really, I never thought about that. But that remember, way. no, I didn't, I didn't come into my sexuality in a very normal, it was kind of in a really twisted way. So by the time I was 16, I was a screwed up virgin. Right. It's interesting that you bring that up because I, you know, when I, I learned some of that, like about your experience and about some of that stuff, like early on in my education about sexuality, that I feel like it sometimes put a weird um, wall between, like I felt it sometimes like between me and some of the, the, the men that were in my family, not because I'd ever experienced anything like that I shouldn't have, but I was so guarded against the idea that I, I've started to deal with that a little bit. I think as an adult being like, there is a particular closeness that I've always felt like I can't have that with certainly anyone in my family, but maybe men in general, because it could be so taken advantage of or misconstrued. Yeah, sometimes the energy put out, you're put out, is misunderstood, and mm. find yourself getting followed home by weird old things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> in London, that's why I used to always walk down the middle of the street with my keys in my hand. <laughs> we all do that. Yeah. We do that. Um, is, have you, do you feel like um, you have, sufficiently sort of worked through that or is that something that's ongoing 
No, it's um, it was a lot of work though, really practical, you know, um, cognitive kind of work, changing mm-hmm. your way of thinking. But it, and it was also gradual and a combination of really kind lovers, mm. really patient men with humor. Yeah, because I would be very flirty girl, but at a certain point I would just freeze. It's just like I would just go try to get his hand up my sweater, I would just move. Right. You know, I was an ice queen, I guess, in a way. But I didn't feel that way. I just couldn't go there, you Mm. know. But that, you know, that might have been started like months after I got out of that terrible situation I've been in for nine years. Yeah. So, so gradually, and and in our, you know, my age, I was one of the last girls I knew to lose a virginity because of that. Not for a healthy reason, not because I was a goody-goody, but because I couldn't. And then even after I did, it was like, oh, it was not what I was expecting. <clears throat> I had not another idea of what sex was going to be like, and it just didn't until I turned about 30 and then it started to work for me <laughs> too <Started> well working. <laughs> yeah. did you always divulge to your partners like kind of your sexual history in order for them to I show that like kindness? I had to mm. it's really funny it's like I did something wrong that I had to confess before I could let that person really fall in love with me mm. Like a dark, a dark shadow. A dark past. That, yeah. You, oh, a dark past, like, yeah. yeah. And you, and you know that you haven't, that that wasn't something that you did wrong now, though. Yeah. Yeah, I know it. But, you know, some of these, these things that have a stronghold in your mind seem like, they're, they're deeply ingrained and you have to sometimes still remind yourself um that shame is not mine mm-hmm. no you were raised um by your grandmother right um yeah. who you thought was your mom yeah until you were 18 19 19 what um did did she ever talk to you about sex or like try to give you the talk at all well yeah well she and daddy never slept together with that i saw Okay. Uh, when they did, I was in between them because I always slept in between them when I was a baby. I, I mean, it's my fault, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that from a lot of new parents. Yes. But, Mommy, it was there. It's like she used to talk to young people a lot. She was a very kind of um, wise lady, and young nurses call, would talk to her. And one of them told her, who had just gotten married, and told her that she slept in bed with her husband naked and mommy said to her imagine she said to me imagine sleeping beside a man naked <laughs> like, I, said, I said mommy sometimes I wonder how I was ever conceived and she said well you don't have to take your nightgown off dear <laughs> That something about man that you endured. 
It's so funny. What's coming up for me is this uh, episode of the Golden Girls that I saw, and the you know the old lady, the Sophia. Yeah. She's waking up from a bad dream, and she's going whatever her her husband's name was. It it wasn't Stan. What was it? Lou or something like that. No, that was your dad. Yeah, um, Louis. she she was like whatever your name was, Mo, you, stop it. You're going to get Linguini all over me. And I didn't know what that was. And I thought it was revolting. And I thought it had something to do with a man's penis. And I, to this day, remember that, like thinking that that was probably like, I shouldn't have heard that or something. Um, it, I, this may be a little off topic, but because we're doing a, an, we're doing an episode on moms. Um, I'll just ask you, like, our our grandmother, your mom, um, is you know she's kind of like nearing end of life, and and have you, the two of you, ever had conversations about sex and sexuality, or like, I kind of want to know this the story of her telling you that she was your mom. Um, if, if that's something you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. But yeah, we, when I, it was time for me to start my period, she got me a book. A book? Yeah, called You're a Young Lady Now. And I had to read this book. And um, no, she would, like she'd talk about all kinds of things, but not, not sex. Okay. So, um, so then, um, but when I was older, after I found out that she was not my sister but my mother so sometime when as an adult she told me that she hadn't had sex since she was 27 wow and that uh her she had a complete hysterectomy a total hysterectomy then and that her husband didn't want her anymore after that and um so she just hasn't she's wow have you ever had a sexual experience with a woman? Why, yes, I have. <laughs> All right. More than once. <laughs> Did you ever think about just having a relationship with a woman and calling it quits on men? No. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> you have a tenderness for the male species? Yeah. 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 They, they bring up my maternal instincts, and mm-hmm. it's kind of sexy. <laughs> Um, do you guys have any questions? Yeah, I want to know who was the woman that you... <laughs> I'm not telling you that. <laughs> women. <laughs> not woman. Women. So more now, than one woman. Now I understand why me and all my daughters like making out with girls. <laughs> I think it's probably more common, you know, like I hear so many stories of People, I thought I was the only one who at like age, like grade four, five, and six were actually like experimenting and like playing with mm-hmm. my girlfriends. And like, I hear across the board, like, oh no, that's super common. People yeah. think like, oh, I started really young. And you're like, well, I guess we all did. So yeah. is that, is that young? No. Yeah. Um, little kids playing doctors. I remember little kids playing doctors at like five, age five, six. Kids like that. Then I'll show you yours if you show you mine. Yeah. I mean, I'll, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you yours. I'll show you your. I'll show you yours. Sounds like a threat. <laughs> um. There are rumors that that our my grandmother, your mother, also um, liked 
women, but she would never admit that, would she? She never admitted that to me. No. But it's, but it's something that we... A lot of people think that because... All of her friends are lesbians? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she sang the lesbian choir? <laughs> yeah, there's a, a lot of her friends are lesbian because she, a lot of her friends are strong women. I think that's but it too. I also think that may, maybe she went through a different, she went through a kind of a menopause at 27 and stuff. I don't think she had a sex drive as hard as, as, as normal sex drive for like when she was in her 30s and 40s. What because she hadn't didn't have any ovaries. She like they took the whole thing. They yeah. took the womb, the ovaries, tubes, everything. The whole kit and caboodle. The whole kit and caboodle. <laughs> Twenty seven. Wow. Um, I have one more question. Um, this can be on or off the record, but I uh, this morning you mentioned something to me about about a conversation you had with your husband, who you've been living apart from for like the last three four years or so. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you could you're up for sharing that? Because I think it's really empowering, um, and and makes me feel a little more normal is the wrong word, but like not a lot of people have chosen to to make this establish these kinds of understandings um, in their partnerships, or at least they don't talk about it, and that can be really isolating. So I was wondering if you would are interested in sharing that yes yeah, sure and in in, in uh, people at my age although i was 44 when i married him and so you know we're grown up he was 33 oh wow <laughs> i said honey that's the same age jesus was when he was crucified <laughs> <laughs> um but uh he um i i i minded the age difference more than he did because I knew that I would be getting old before he got old and there's so many young women and he's a he you know he loves sex and uh, so after I've, I've been over here I, I wrote him a long letter and said to him you know honey I gave him permission basically to go and have sex with other women and he um, phoned me up and he said you really mean this and I said, yeah, I do, but I don't want you going, falling in love with anybody else. And he said, uh, oh, no, 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 it's not, not the sex, not, not really. He's just, he said, it's like, I feel like I, I have to move on. And he said, everything will be the same. Um, but I, uh, I, he really appreciated that anyway. I don't. He's there's no. He says there's nobody, but I don't know. I, I can't imagine there is isn't somebody that he's not d- fancied by now. Right. What you about know. you? Do you? I. What about that bus driver you used to have a little back and forth with conversation oh, with? Oh, Bob, <laughs> the new fee. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, he was really nice, but <laughs> that that wasn't uh, that wasn't a sexual thing. No, 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 no. I have never been unfaithful to Kenny. Mm. I love how flirtatious you are. I feel like I got it, but honestly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, do you have any questions for me? No. (laughs) No, you have a podcast where you share everything. I don't, I know it all. Yeah. I just love how, how open you've always been. Yeah. Like we've always been able to ask you absolutely anything. There's never been a feeling of 
you know, that there's, yeah, there's any boundaries that we can't, and, and I, I know a lot of people, like a lot of my daughter's friends come to me because they feel that they have that with me, and a lot of my friends came to you because they felt like they had that with you, like, it's kind of a, a really special uh, energy. That yeah, has. there's no fear of, like, judgment or reaction, yeah. you know. Yeah. I used to be able to do that with Madrine when I thought she was my sister. So maybe that's why I got thinking it was when I thought she I, like I told her things I never would have told my mother. Yeah. Except. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then she came out. She came. I. She. She was my sister, and it was the first time I ever tried acid. It was at this farmhouse, Savage Harbor. And it was winding and raining, and we were playing Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. And uh, I was just starting to get off. It was the very first time, and the knock at the door, and it was Madrine. I thought, oh, the big, doing the big sister thing, you know. And uh, I went out, and I, I said, come on in. No, I'm not coming in. I have to talk to you. You know, I should wish. And I'm, I'm not coming in. I have to talk to you. Uh, could go for a little drive. So I got in the car and drove, and for, uh, whether it was the acid made me extra psychic or what, I just knew all of a sudden, oh my God, something's really heavy going to happen here. She p drove down the road, pulled over, and put her head in the steering wheel and started to cry. And said, I, then in my head, I thought, she's going to tell me she's my mother. And she said, I'm your mother. <sighs> she cried. And I said, right. And who's my father? First question. First question, who's my father? Um, smiley, as if, you know, <laughs> what do you think I am? <laughs> you know? Which, But to me, she was saying, this person who has sexually assaulted you for nine years of your life is your father. And I just, I don't know, sometimes I wonder if that acid trip was really, I never really came down and all the rest has been like down the rabbit hole. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did like, you ever do acid again? Yeah, oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> Once or twice. <laughs> didn't that, that experience didn't scare you off from, from no. I feel, like, I feel like that would be such but a... I, I, I took days, it was my very first time oh, on yeah. acid, so I was really really stoned yeah. it took days that I every time I walked by a mirror I'd go oh my god who are you really because it was my, my whole life. yeah it was really and mommy and the reason they didn't tell me the truth was because mommy thought I would be ashamed of the fact that I was born out of wedlock because she would have been right. ashamed of the fact that she and Grace was born out of wedlock and she still won't talk about it we're going to her house next. Okay. <laughs> Ask her if she ever took her nightgown off. <laughs> I dare you. Oh, man. Thanks, Mom. Okay. That was fun. <laughs> happy. Think about something else. Belated Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. <laughs>
Well, that was fucking cool. You know what we didn't capture on tape uh, that I, I loved? T- I was like, on tape, on tape when we were tape recording this, <laughs> uh, was, I said to her, can I, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll send you what we're going to put up. And she said, you don't have to do that. I trust you. And then she said, everyone thinks I'm a slut anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, that's really funny. I know. Um, yeah, man, what a fucking crazy. So like, I know that, you know, your mom was using, um, in telling those stories, like there's some, some history and background there. And she was using, you know, characters names within that story that people might not know, but the smiley, who's your mom's dad. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, she thought that smiley was her, her brother-in-law, her brother-in-law. And, uh, Emma Dreen is your, your nan, her mm-hmm. mom, mm-hmm. who she thought was her sister. Yeah. That story fucking blows my mind. And here's the crazy thing is not that uncommon. Yeah. I was telling that story yesterday, a good robot. And cause someone was asking like, how's the hundredth episode coming along? And I was like, man, there's some, there's some amazing conversations. I was like, get this. And I kind of gave like a rundown of that story. And, uh, someone who was there, uh, goes, yeah, that happened to my, my parents too. Uh-huh. Like that was my, my parents went through that. Yeah. Such a, just such a wild, wild thing. Yeah, it was a real, real thing that being born out of wedlock was, uh, you know, was was not okay, And, you know, so not okay. So another little snippet of backstory here, my Nana. So she got pregnant with my mom when she was 16 and her the dad and her that her later husband, um, Smiley, was, I think, 40 Mm-hmm. Or close to forty, so um, and was married to somebody else. So they they did end up. He did end up divorcing that wife and marrying my nana, and then right. they they lived together until he died. Um, you know, a number of years ago, over about twenty years ago or so, and uh, you know, my nana is. She had a total hysterectomy at 27, and the ver- the jury, the, nobody knows whether there was any much for her after that in terms of her own sexuality. Um, my sister alluded to there being there there being uh, theories that my nana might be a lesbian, and, right? But I mean, there's all kinds of things. I don't know. <clears throat> Who knows? Hormonally, you know what mm-hmm. she went through after that, and um, and she's still fucking kicking how did that feel for you to have a conversation like that with your mom well i've had i it's no it's not rare for me to have conversations like that with my mom yeah Um, my mom's pretty open with me about all that kind of stuff uh like for me watching it i was like wow this is really neat i'm always really nervous whenever i'm asking anybody anything that's sort of sensitive (laughs) on the microphone i'm very very wary of you know, maybe offending people or putting people in an uncomfortable situation or making them feel like they have to answer something that they don't want to answer. Like I, um, I, I, I have a bit of a hangover from that for quite a while after even any of our interviews that we do on Termion. I, I have a, a bit of a hangover afterwards wondering, you know, like, did I take advantage of that person's story? Did I do enough aftercare? 
uh, after they, you know, shared something, what's my duty or my responsibility to this person whose story I now have to share on my podcast? Like, these are questions. These are a, these trigger a lot of emotions in me for the ongoing. This is what makes you so, such a better host than me. I don't know. I think it's. <laughs> yeah, it, man. I it think. I think it's a bunch of noise. To be honest, like, I don't. I mean, I if you get caught it. up in it, if you get too caught up in it, yes. Yeah. It can be. Yeah. But I think those are valid things to consider. Yeah, I guess I just, I worry. I'm like, do, am I, am I fucking proud? I am proud of who my family is and everything that they've gone through and everything that they've had to work through. I love my family more than anything on the planet. Like fiercely, like I, I fiercely do. I would, you know, go to war for them. I would do anything for them. Um, but then at the same time, I want to protect them from being judged as well by other people. And, you know, even, you know, even like people who are in my family who present challenges for me, like we've talked to before who aren't maybe necessarily supportive about what I'm doing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I still have that same fierceness of loyalty to them. Mm-hmm. And I will not accept I can criticize the fuck out of them. But, but nobody no one else, else can. can. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, right. That's just how I feel. Well, it was really interesting to be a witness to that and to, you know, I mean, it's one thing to listen to it, but to to sit there on the, on the couch with Tara and watch you and your mother record that was really cool. And it made me, you know, it made me, my mom's going through a lot right now uh, with a, with a, you know, in the middle of a divorce. And in the middle of getting back into dating. And when we were creating this episode, we were like, we should get Mac, we should get Maxine on, you know, get your mom on Jared and talk to her. And that all made me very nervous. The idea of that, just talking to my mom about sex. I'm all hung up on, on that. Um, uh, but watching you and your mom talk, it was kind of nice. Made me feel a little more confident, but I, I think I needed one more step before I was ready to talk to my mom. So we recorded with a podcast out of Los Angeles called Sex Talk with My Mom. And that's... Uh, Coming right up. Let's throw right to it. Let's hear it. off first off by saying uh hello to hello you cam and karen lee um uh you guys are this is one of the first times bridie and i've ever actually recorded with someone who isn't sitting face to face with us we're so flattered Uh, yeah yeah it's kind of it's it's kind of nice it's it reminds me of like I don't know i i haven't had phone sex in a long time but (laughs) this is sort of reminiscent 
It's really interesting. Uh, your your podcast and your premise uh, is really intriguing to us, particularly at this point in our lives, because um, mm-hmm. Jeremy's mom is is um, going through a divorce, and we really want to talk to her about her new her like dating life now. And uh, and then we're like, but what's that going to be like? What's that going to be like as an as an adult trying to? Because she'll tell me things, but that she won't tell Jeremy. And uh, uh, and I just want to get it all on record. Oh, that's pretty I'm interesting. What does yeah, she tend to yeah, share with you and not Jeremy? That she's going on dates and, uh, you know, how she's pretty modest. So she'll she'll tell me things like, you know, that how they dressed and things that they say. And she'll allude. I don't think she's having sex with anybody else yet, but she'll allude to being like to getting like booty calls. But, you know, she would never <laughs> use that language. No, she really. <laughs> yeah. She said that to you. Yeah. Oh, motherfuck. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> Before we get too far into that, why don't the two of you tell us uh, uh, tell us the name of your podcast and let us know a little bit about what uh, uh, what it is you guys talk about and, and, and what, what you're all about. Well, like you, we talk about sex. It, uh, but unlike you, it's my mother and me uh, <laughs> talking about it. Uh, yeah, so... That's our mission. Our, our mission is to make it easier for people to talk about challenging uh, conversations, talk about challenging subjects. And we, it kind of, I mean, it, it was a long journey to get my mother and I to be this open and to have any desire to do this. Uh, and it, it actually started, uh, our, our conversations were always pretty open, but it, when I was 17, my dad was murdered. And that Holy was... Shit. Yeah, that yeah. was a big turning point for us, obviously. Wow. Obviously. Um, and, 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 and as a result, we became much closer because of that. Um, and and then eventually my mom started dating again. Yeah. Uh, I, we have, I have two other kids, one older than Cam and one younger as well. And uh, so, yeah, when I became single, like your mom, it's it's different when you're older. And you do have to navigate, like... How do you talk to your kids about your dating? And I actually ended up writing a book called um, A a Cougar's Guide to Getting Your Ass Back Out There, which uh, your mom should definitely get a copy of. (laughs) (laughs) I will... I will buy a copy for my mom, like, right now. I'm (laughs) on Amazon and do that. Tell her she's in for some really good quality adventures. I mean, there's no way I would have been the person I am today if I hadn't had the tragedy and then the opportunity to reinvent my life. So uh, it's not, you know, all let's hide under the covers and, you know, just knit, knit uh, booties for grandchildren. Right. And, and you ended up creating yeah. this YouTube channel for this purpose. Right. So I, I started a YouTube channel because I was trying to figure out how to date again as an older woman. And there really isn't anything out there for that. And I thought, well, this is great for women like your mom who want to learn, you know, what it's like to be single again. And so I I couldn't find anything out there. So I decided to start my own channel. And then I realized I only got like maybe 80 views like a month on this channel. But I did get a lot of men, like between 18 to 35-year-old guys, wanting to learn about cougars. So I figured (laughs) uh, you can't beat them, join them. And I decided to just gear all my content to what they're interested in, like how important is penis size or tips on oral sex. And I had, I interviewed porn stars and sexologists and, 
just the whole gamut of people, you know, that would cover the topics so did that you, would interest them. Did you feel like they were asking you those things because they were like, I want to catch me a cougar? Or were they like, I, I want to have a mom that will teach me some things? No, no, no. So this was just my yeah. own my own YouTube channel, Karen Lee Love. Uh, and it was, you know, so, so initially it was Love Encore, and then I went to using my name. Uh, and they were only interested in tips for themselves. Yeah, but okay. she's asking, was were there people looking for, like, a mother figure in no, their life? not they, at all a mother figure. More, they wanted to fuck the mother they, figure. It's definitely yeah, they were, yeah, the they were like, there's, <laughs> a, there's a hot cougar telling me stuff that I want to know. Like, yeah, this yeah. is really just, just looking for stuff for the spank bank, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> when all this was going on, Kim, how, how old were you? Like, when, when your mom, uh, when Karen Lee was doing the, the YouTube channel and stuff. I was in college, so I was like 19 or 20, and when these videos started coming out, like, it started, like, pretty tame, like, where do you go to pick up, uh, like, men the second time around, then, like, a porn star's tips on penis size, part three. Yeah. And, and, and so, eventually, I was like, oh, my God, this is, either I can, like, sit with this awkwardness by myself, or I can kind of use this to my advantage in my stand-up comedy. Uh, and I, right, and right. Eventually, I chose the latter option and uh, started selling her book in my act. It was like a hat seller. Oh my fuck! <laughs> it was That's so seller. brilliant. That's hilarious. Yeah, right. So you're you're a stand up comedian, and you're also uh, a a mime and a Buddhist clown. Is that correct? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, you know what? I almost I almost quit everything in life and moved to France to go to Jacques Lecoq uh, Clown School in Paris. Uh, no way! Uh, yeah, I, I I have a deep deep love for the art of clown. Um, yeah, uh, you and you and also, Kelly, we're best a, friends. Yeah, well, what a what a fucking gift though, you know? Like, um, you know, it's it's funny. Like the first thing that came into my mind, when, Karen Lee, when you were talking about starting this YouTube YouTube channel and 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 talking about whatever you know subject that comes up, in, in particular when you said penis size, it made me cringe. Because I again, I'm I, I'm thinking about my mom a lot, like in particular in this conversation and this episode, um, and I cannot imagine. Well, I'm I'm gonna be doing. It. I'm gonna have that conversation. I'm sure with my mother at some point, but I I can't imagine it right now. But but as like as a, you know, as a so Cam as a as a comedian and 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 then seeing this and using this as like a really seeing it for what it is like a beautiful opportunity to infuse into your artwork. Um, yeah. It was a gold mine. <laughs> it's a gold, yeah, Honestly, it really is. And actually it, it's, I'm kind of realizing now that like the, my mom starting to date again is also just a, it's a piece. It, this podcast may, may it's make not it, a joke. It's Jeremy. not a, no, it's not a fucking joke. That's not what I mean. What I'm saying <laughs> is like, it, I feel like it will be, it, 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 this podcast that we're doing right now, this will bridge that gap for me a little bit. Because Cam, if oh, you hopefully. weren't a comedian, if you weren't a comedian, how do you think? Like, how did your brother and sister? Like, what were their thoughts when when Karen Lee was was putting the videos out to the world about that stuff? Uh, Mom, do you remember? I don't remember. Well, I think my daughter said it's great as long as you don't use my last name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right. And my younger son was only like uh, he was eleven when my husband passed away, 
So he he right. kind he kind of you know met a lot of the dates when they come to the house because we you know he was living in my home with me. Right, uh, right, right. So you know, but since I started so long ago, I started in two thousand and twelve. It, you know, at this point, it, it's kind of part of who I am is to be very expressive and not be shying away from looking at myself as a human, a sexual human being. And hopefully, you know, again, this is one of our goals is to to visualize pe- all people as sexual human beings, no matter how old they are. And then That's why right. not talk? Why not talk about it? I mean, why not in, encourage uh, communication and bonding? And even if it's uncomfortable in the long run, it's going to make you guys so much stronger in your relationship. It is funny how we do that. You know, it like how we we cringe at the thought of our parents being sexual beings. Um, yeah. I wonder if that comes from this, like, uh, this perception or this old, you know, medieval perception that sex is like for reproducing only. And so that once you're past the age of, of like, you know, like your rosy cheeked, like producing like little fat, healthy babies, then there's really no reason to Mm. be sexual anymore. Like, I wonder if that's where that stigma sort of or that taboo sort of stems from is like well why would you be having sex yeah it's a good question i don't know well society in general tells us and and you're not in the united states you're in canada but society in general especially our our two countries is very prudish they don't you know it's masturbation's not talked about um, you know, all, sex in general is unfortunately so taboo, yet it's so popular at the same time. You know, it's in, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's everywhere around us, but yet we're told not to talk about it. So no matter what age it is, I mean, we interviewed someone yesterday and she said that she doesn't feel comfortable talking about her sex life with her own friends. I'm like, why wouldn't you talk about it with your friends? Mm, just people I just you know, are very concerned about what other people might think about them. You know, and that kind of thing. And like your mom, it's how old is she? Uh, She's like in her late 50s. Yeah. I mean, come on. Late 50. You want to stop having sex and, you you know, when you're in your late 50s? Of course not. I've always been very sexual. And uh, I mean, I don't think I was abnormal. I was a you know, product of like your mom's age in the 70s. Um, when I was in college and, uh, it, you know, at that time it was great because there weren't, there wasn't AIDS really. And there was, there were quaaludes, there were quaaludes, <laughs> there were, you know, it was just a you know, much more, uh, open-mindedness about sex because there weren't, there weren't so many, you know, STDs known then at that point, the only thing you really worried about is pregnancy. What, what did you, when you guys started, you've been doing the podcast now for four years, um, what's, what's some of the stuff that you've, obviously it's been like a, it must have been a, a pretty big learning experience for the two of you to have all these conversations surrounding the topic of sex, um, especially from the lens of like sharing those conversations as a, as a, a mother and son. What, what would you say are, are some of the big takeaways that you've you've each had in having these conversations um that maybe you weren't really expecting to have i think one uh, one of the oh man there were so many um one was just how different we kind of are in our approach to sex uh, in, in the different angles that we come, it's almost like a role reversal where <laughs> I play more of a conservative father figure in this situation. And I'm the wild daughter. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I tend to, 
I, I in by talking about it, I kind of discovered this about myself that I tend to enjoy more emotionally integrated relational sex, like where where you feel a strong connection with someone, way more than say casual sex with a stranger. Uh, it just for me, it's it's kind of what turns me on. I have like a much different orgasm in that situation than than the other. Uh, whereas I, I don't know, would you say that that's the same for you? Well, or? I've been in an eleven year relationship, so it's hard for me to say how how I'd be right now if I wasn't. But I'm I'm definitely um, more interested. I especially when I was uh, first single, uh, you know, the second time around, um, I was much more um, into yeah. I would say casual sex because I really didn't want a heavy duty relationship after my husband passed away. I just wanted to have some freedom and not be obligated. So. Yeah, I, I'm not as into you have to have this huge spiritual connection before you can have sex. So we did have a definite um, dichotomy of we we looked at sex. Yeah, um, Karen Lee, when you uh, when you talk to other women um, who have like had a similar experience where they've been in a long term relationship and then they're not, do you, do you think that there's anything that um, do you think that there's any wisdom in there that we should? Uh, Beyond, besides reading your book, um, that we should pass along to Jeremy's mom. Like what? what oh the, yeah, great, great. I have great the, questions. Um, well, first of all, I, I think she needs to rediscover who she is now that she's gone through a divorce. So, getting the her confidence back, um, becoming, getting in touch with her, you know, the sexy side, even if it's just wearing sexy lingerie for herself underneath to to remind herself about her sexuality. Um, you know, just whatever she Should has I to do. Should I buy her some? No, oh, buy her some, <laughs> no, some just just lingerie. And just be it. like, mom, you know what? This is for you. I think <laughs> even Cam would think that's weird. Um, <laughs> even Cam. <laughs> um, no, but you know, just she has to really figure stuff out. I mean, maybe just look at you go to a therapist, um, find out you know what what she you know what she did in this relationship do some self-exploration both mentally and physically go to the gym you know take care of yourself pamper yourself and meet a bunch of new friends male and female just to go out with because that's a big part of just you know not feeling so isolated yeah just read my book and there i i talk a lot about you know just rediscovering that part of you that you know probably if you've been in a monogamous long-term relationship you haven't really thought about especially if it was going downhill well i i want to say i want to say thank you um for for taking time to to sit down and chat with us today but more selfishly i want to say thank you because i feel i feel a little i feel a little less weird about uh requesting that my mom come on the show and talk to us about her her new found life in in the dating world and and her um her uh Karen Lee as as the way you put it her her exploration into good quality adventures that's um, excellent Yay, yeah, my so, my job is done <laughs> <laughs> yeah. tell, tell her uh, anytime well, I'd be happy to talk to her Absolutely, yeah, and we'll we'll keep you guys posted on how it all goes. Um, uh, awesome, but I think one incredible byproduct of this is that not only does it open the communication with a with your parent about sex, it can also lead to an open dialogue <laughs> about other things like drugs or any other taboo subject that you typically wouldn't talk about a parent with. Mm-hmm. And as a result, if you could, I feel like if you can become comfortable speaking to a parent about these challenging things, you. It, there's a self acceptance that comes with that, and you just it becomes easier for you to accept the way that you are 
and to share it with other people. Good point, Cam. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so really true. Good. Well, well said. Um, well, before we, we wrap it up, what, uh, where can people find you? How can people hear, hear you? Uh, give yourselves a little plug. Well, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can just type in Sex Talk with My Mom. It's the only one that will come up, surprisingly. <laughs> and uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at Sex Talk with My Mom. And Twitter is Sex Talk Podcast. And Patreon is Patreon slash Sex Talk with My Mom. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for, uh, for taking the Thank time to you. hang out with us today. Thanks for having us on. We really enjoy talking to you guys. You guys are open and honest. I love it. Let's meet up when we're in LA sometime. Yeah, please. Sure. Yeah, definitely. We should totally do that. That'd be great. Well, there we go. Loved. Uh, yeah. Loved that. It was a pretty good little conversation. I want to be friends with Karen Lee. I know. Is she fucking hilarious? Yeah. Really crazy, wild story, too. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea but the, the murder. Did we? Did that actually come through in the recording? Yeah, it oh, did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like, that's a wild new beginning. Totally. Yeah, crazy. I mean, nowhere near as, as hardcore as what my mom's going through, mm-hmm. um, but very similar. You know, very similar to just being tossed into the new onto this into the single and dating scene um so i i might actually get my mom that book i think that would be fucking hilarious i'm looking at the um i'm looking at it on amazon right now (coughs) the cougar's guide to getting your ass back out there Mm -hmm. such a great title it's a good title like i am excited to be a cougar like can you be like you're you're getting there like you know when does cougar start I don't really know. She, hold I'm looking, hold your mic right up to our, our assistant over here. Um, get right she? up. She's oh, right over, she's there. over there. She's so small. One and second. She's a, she's, a little, she's a little lady over in the corner doing her hard work. Hey there, little lady. Alexa, at what age is someone considered a cougar? I'm still learning about cougar questions. Try asking <laughs> tell me a cougar fact to learn more about them. What does she want us hey, to tell hey, her? Hey, Alexa. Tell me a cougar fact. A random fact about Puma is the cougar can have a wide variety of prey, from insects and rodents all the way to deer and livestock. Oh, yeah, man. Cougars will take anything. Okay. They have, they have, they have livestock, lots of insects, and livestock. Um, I guess I guess Lex is not up on the, the uh, sexual language. Um, I, think, I think you're considered a cougar after... Oh man, I, I don't want. I'm uh, forty. Here's a little. <laughs> I, I love it. this. I I, forty is cougar. I think so. I don't know. Um, Are you looking it up? I know. I'm looking at chapter one right now. Shy to bold metamorphosis. Uh, it starts with a quote from Julius Caesar: "Experience is the teacher of all things." Okay, and I like then that. and then it goes. I won't. Wasn't always an outgoing, confident cougar. In fact, I was the antithesis of one. I would classify myself as more of a timid, insecure rabbit. I was a shy, shy, docile toddler, the kind that allowed her pail and shovel to be grabbed from her in the sandbox on a daily basis. Here's another example of my timidity. 
My mom had to call me, call my preschool after I came home and announced that my part in the school Purim play was the audience. <laughs> That's <laughs> that year. There were two Queen Esthers. Around twelve years old, I became a little boy crazy. A theme that appears in multiple entries of my diary. I love this. I'm reading this because it reminds me of mine. Today was the boy girl party. All the boys liked me best. At least most did. I kissed Larry on the lips. And today I pulled Billy's zipper and everyone was going, uh-oh, now we know. And Billy said, I enjoyed it all. That's fucking hilarious. Isn't She's that so awesome? I uh, just looked it up. 40 years of age. Is, is a cougar. A cougar. Yeah. Well. So uh, my mom's in cougar territory. And uh, although she would consider herself a silver wow. fox, even though uh, that's... I mean, technically, I think that on an Urban Dictionary, that's reserved for an older, sexy male. I'm five years from being a cougar. You're, babe, you're five years away. But can you be a cougar if you're like in a relationship? <clears throat> um, what did your sure. definitions yeah, tell sure. you about that? Okay. I mean, why not? Cougar. I feel like a whole new wardrobe coming. You're, you're, you flirt. You're a flirty woman. I, ha- I do. Yeah, so I, you're definitely a cougar. A cougar. For sure. A cougar. Cougar. Um, also, uh, I just want to, um, before we get to the next thing, can we just acknowledge how fucking awesome the music has been this episode? What did you do with the music today, Jeremy? Just throw, just throwing in music on the, on the ins and outs of each conversation we've had. Tell me about it. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll give a little plug at the end, but, uh, we got some, you know, some Richard Coyne, her, you know, our, our homie, we got, uh, sorry, of course, from the in and out, uh, the intro and the outro there. And, um. But Jamesy added a new little intro, or oh. sorry, not intro, but uh, transitional music. Jamesy, if you like those last two tunes, great. Those are fun. I'm, I'm excited for their new music. Our friend, our friends make great music. Yeah, they do. We'll we'll plug them at the end. Um, but here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Baby cougars are so cute. Uh, are you talking about the, the the women or? No, I'm talking about baby the actual cats. baby cute. You know what I fucking saw the other day? That was actually the cutest thing I've ever seen. In my entire life. Don't even try I'm gonna it. Sh- I'm going to show you right me. now. It was... Oh, I'm going to cue you right now. It was a bat embryo covering his eyes with his little bat wings. Oh. Do you see that? Oh, my God. And his feet. His, his wings cover feet. his eyes and then his little feet come up and cover his wings. <laughs> that is so stupid. It is okay. You should Google it right now if you're listening. Uh, um, if you like cute shit. Also, also, Google Cougar Baby and look at these beautiful little baby cats um okay so we had that conversation with your mom with the conversation with mom guys and gals sex talk with my mom sex talk with my mom all of this was making me feel really okay and maybe a little ready to talk to my own mother about her new life in the dating pool and her sexuality and what have you so we decided we should ask her if she would even consider it. Yeah. yeah we, <laughs> we were talking about doing it forever. And then we just like asked her the last minute. So we recorded this a couple days ago. And uh, I did. I said, I said, we are doing an episode on on moms. And we're wondering if you would be on the show. And she said, I don't know. Maybe try and find someone else. LOL. <laughs> uh, but we, we pushed her on it. And she eventually said yes. And I have to say... This might be one of my favorite conversations we've had on the entire show. Of course, I'm biased. It's my own mother. But man, my mom's fucking funny, dude. She, she's her really funny. comedic timing is so on point. Yeah. And she's, 
I'm just so I'm so excited for her. Uh, you know, I I I told like uh, some friends the other day, the other day, like a few weeks ago, that my mom's dating now, and their first their first reaction was, "How's that feel?" Like, what do you think about that? And my reaction then was like, oh, "Fuck, I don't know, man." You are just wary of of anyone walking in trying to be your stepdad. Well, that's it. I'm like, I don't know. Like, it, like I, I, a, it's weird. My mom's dating. That's fucking weird to me. But also, like, I don't know who these fucking losers are that she's dating. But they better one, you know, they better be fucking good. But then talking to my mom and and hearing her discuss, uh, and you're gonna hear it in this conversation, but hearing her discuss like her thoughts and feelings on what it means to be dating again. At the end of that conversation, I was like, Oh, she's got this. Yeah. No matter where, like she's going to, if she's going to end up, if she does choose to end up with somebody else for sure, she ain't going to fuck that decision up. No. Like she's got, she's so aware. She's so self-aware. And so, which is really like impressive. And Karen Lee in Sex Talk with My Mom, she was like, you should tell Maxine the following things. And in my head, I was like, oh, she's got it. She, she knows all that. She yeah. knows all that. She takes real good care of herself. Mm-hmm. She knows. Ex- I've always, you know, she knows exactly who she is. And true, she's been in a relationship for 36 years. Maybe she doesn't know part of herself that hasn't been in a relationship for that long. But mm-hmm. she has a pretty good idea of how to get acquainted with herself yeah, she does. Um, and I just, I just, I don't know. I just love how funny she is. She's got a wicked, well, I mean, that's where you get it from, right? <clears throat> yeah, her, my dad's pretty funny too. But I, I, I think, I, and I always used to think I only got my humor from my dad. Yeah. But I'm starting to see. You are, eh? I got it from my mom. I couldn't believe you'd never, ever talk to your mom about this, one. And two, that she was telling everybody else about her dating as Fades, but specifically not you. Like the minute the door closes yeah. and you walked out of yeah. the room, I went yeah. on a date, you know? And so I think this was a time, it was time for this. Definitely time for this conversation. E. Nugent. Who the fuck is E. Nugent? Somebody calling in with a question? Don't answer that. Don't okay. answer that. Yeah, all right. Um, I just put some, some someone's fucking name on blast. Um, all right, let's throw it to this week's episode. This week's episode. Let's throw it to this uh, the final conversation in our one hundredth episode. A little, and, little uh, convo with my mother. And this wraps up our our one hundredth episode. Congratulations, baby. Yeah. Oh, did we wrap it at the end? We do. We wrapped it up right up. Oh well, then you know what? If we wrap it at the end, let me just do it right now. Okay. Rich O'Coin just dropped a new fucking album. It's unbelievable. It'll make you dance your little dicky off. I swear. Uh, Sorry also dropped a new album or is on tour right now. Always dropping the fucking slickest tunes and we love her to death. Jamesy, uh, formerly known as Take Part, which is the band that is the had did the intro to Sick Boy podcast. Uh, they've got a new band, a completely new sound. And the last two songs that you heard uh, uh, kind of segueing between conversations were Jamesy. I'm so excited to go to their first show. I'm, I hope it's here in Halifax. Uh, it'll make you want to snap your fingers, make you want to bob your head. And then finally, um, and you haven't actually heard this one yet, we're going to use this song to play into the conversation with my mother. Uh, this band from Massachusetts, 
or massive two shits. That's, that's how I learned how to say that that word. Um, uh, they're called Carinae, and uh, saw them here in Nova Scotia at a festival called Folly Fest, um, and they played a few shows here in Halifax. They are incredible, huge fan. Carinae, thank you for allowing us to use your music on this this episode. So they're gonna they're gonna play. Uh, go check them out. Uh, they're on Bandcamp. Uh, check Rich Coin out. I mean, he's all over the fucking planet. iTunes, Spotify, same with Sorry. Uh, thank you so much to all those fucking amazing artists. And uh, glad to call you our friends. And glad to have you be a part of the show. And um, enjoy this fucking conversation with my mommy. Thanks so much for your listenership and your love and your support and we, your communication. Yeah, we love all of you. Thank you so much. Good job, babe. You too, baby. Probably embarrassing. Maybe follow her YouTube channel. It's not embarrassing for me. Um, well, I mean, this is you know. So this is. Have you guys ever had the talk? Yeah, we, I guess it was really young. Let's talk about that then. Um, what, what do you remember? Let, maybe let's start with that. Well, so we're the, we're the mom thing's chugging along. We got my mom on the show. <laughs> I, I've always wondered if this would ever happen. Anyway, you're um, on our, our bucket list. Do you guests. listen to Turn Me On? I know you listened to pretty much every Sick Boy episode. Yeah, I I did in the very beginning, and then I thought this is too personal for me. <laughs> I don't need to know this information. Yeah. I'm like, okay, maybe I delete the first amount and then listen. Well, that's what a lot of our loved ones do. They they only listen to the interviews. They skip yeah. the they intros. don't listen to the, the intro <laughs> yeah. with you. I'm like, this is too weird for me. This is my son <laughs> and my daughter in law. Well, and- now now you're on the fucking show, <laughs> so. Things, um, things I feel like have evolved in our intros. I feel like we're, we don't get into such personal. Well, you talk a lot about your personal. I stuff, do, I guess, yeah. yeah, because I have a pretty active, like, and varied, varied sex life. Yeah, whereas yeah. you, you not not quite as much. I mean, it's active. It's active. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> right. It's just not not as varied. It's, yeah, it's, it's just, not all sorts. Like mm-hmm. you know, licorice all sorts. It's just licorice. Yeah. Um, so active at all now? (laughs) No. Yeah. Well, I guess we're gonna get into that. But before, so we before we get into your current scenario, um, we yeah, like did we did we ever have did we ever do? This is my recollection of the sex talk. Okay. Um, you bought a book. Yes. You sat me down in my room. Yes. And I think it was just me and you, and you opened up this fucking book that was like. I don't know. It was like a picture. It was a picture book yeah. of some kind. Mm-hmm. And the photos in it were like these like cartoonish, like boy and girl, man and woman with huge, um, huge hairy bushes. And <laughs> was like, it called What's Happening to Me? I can't remember the name of it, but I do remember the book and I don't even know where I found it. It looked like you just you just pulled it out of the, like the basement of some library. <laughs> Like, I, like yeah. maybe that's where I got it at the library. Probably. 
<clears throat> and I was, I just remember the entire time wanting to throw up <laughs> and wanting to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Because I think we I were just sitting on my bed. I was so embarrassed, right? I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I hated every second of it. Were you nervous to have that conversation, Maxine? I, I wasn't, but I knew he was. He, he really. How really, old was I? I think you were maybe 10. I don't know. Angle that, that microphone. Just an- see how it, it pivots. Just angle it towards you on the top there. Like this. Like okay, there you yeah, go. That'll exactly. be more comfortable. talking right at it. I can't remember the age. Maybe I maybe feel like I was young. Yeah, yeah. I maybe feel like not, I wasn't even a teen. Yeah, maybe nine or ten. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. the thing is, too, Maxine, you're a nurse and you raised a boy with uh, like cystic fibrosis so you're really involved with their his health and his medical needs and his body needs and so on so i would i would have thought that that would have been a more comfortable conversation for you too jeremy no yeah totally not i mean it was so (laughs) uncomfortable it was so uncomfortable that i've never been i've never really been comfortable talking to you about sex based things even to the point where when i when I was having trouble with my dick and like couldn't <laughs> retract my foreskin over my the head of my penis. Yeah, you never yeah. even told me. I didn't even tell my parents. Right. I, I went to the urologist myself. I was a fucking teenager. Like, I don't know how, I don't even know how I got there. I mean, you, well, was I driving at the time? No, what happened for that? You said to me, I have an appointment next week. <laughs> I was like, appointment for what? And you said, I'm going to the neurologist or a urologist. And I need to have surgery. And I was like, Jeremy, why wouldn't you have told me? Right. I must have like set it up with a you family did. doctor. No, I think you might have went through CF clinic and got them to. Right. And so, so basically right up to like the surgery, you didn't know. No. And then, and then. I... Well, I asked my family doctor about stretch marks. No, but I didn't ask my parents about stretch marks. I was like, I need to know what this is. And he was like, those are just stretch marks. I'm like, okay. Right. Thank God. Like on your breasts. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so like, and then even after that, like, I don't like, I don't honestly, I don't think we've ever really had like the conversation. Not since that time that no. I read the book to you. Was it no, different? Like, like but, we, never, we never talked about but like. Never, I did. I did when you were a teenager and you started dating. I just said, just make, make sure that you practice safe sex. Yeah, I think I like maybe heard that and just went, oh God, don't say that at me. <laughs> I like the the aside from that, aside from that book, aside from me telling you I'm I'm going to get circumcised, I need to drive, um, and aside from maybe you saying like practice safe sex, the only other like conversation I ever remember having about sex with either you or Dad was one day Dad walked in on Katie and I while we were in my bed. I think she was like. I don't even think we were having sex. I think she was like going down on me or something. <laughs> and dad walked in without knocking. was just like asking Katie, like, are you staying for dinner? Or, oh, fuck. Shut the door. Went upstairs. And I did was like, did Cobb tell you about that? And then I went <laughs> yes, upstairs. I immediately was like, fuck, I got to go. And I was like, get down there and get them out of it. <laughs> well, I came up before anyone could come down. And my dad just, he just like, I don't know. He's cooking or whatever. He's like standing over the stove. And I don't even think he looked at me. He just goes, Jeremy. Do not get that fucking girl pregnant in this house. And I was like, okay. I also don't think Katie's going to stay for supper now. <laughs> like that was the that was the end of that. But like we didn't really talk too much about mainly, it. Mainly, <clears throat> that was our big thing with you guys growing up. You and Natasha, you know, is to make sure that you didn't get a girl pregnant or Natasha come home pregnant. Yeah. And uh, 
I remember having talks with Natasha and just saying, you know what? Like, don't don't have sex like with every guy that you go out with. You had that you know? conversation with Tash? Yeah. How old I said to her, uh, maybe like her first boyfriend. Okay. I said, you know, like save it for someone special mm-hmm. because if you have sex with every guy you go out with, then when you meet the nice guy, like yeah. I was just trying to get her to, th- you know, think <laughs> I threatened that my little sister. I was like, you know, if you have sex too early, you'll have cervical cancer. Jesus <laughs> I Christ! Know. I really, oh my God. I know. Poor thing. I know. Do yeah. you think? Do you do you think you would, if you were to rewind and go back now, Mom? Do you think that you would be? You would say the same thing to Tash? Like, do you think you would handle that the same way of being like, don't have sex with every guy? Like, say, yeah, I think I would. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hmm. What was your own? Uh, coming up like because you you're like rural Newfoundland grew up there and um, you know at least compared to our generation got married relatively young and and started having how old were you when you got married 24 okay yeah so and started having kids um, you know compared to our generation like younger did you have did you have did you date at much coming up Uh, Yeah, I started dating probably around 16, maybe mm-hmm. 15, 16. How many, how many boyfriends did you have before dad? God, I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> Lots. <laughs> did you have many sexual partners will work out? No. Okay. I didn't. Uh, I fucking knew that. I knew it. I had a feeling. Mm-hmm. Did dad, did you lose your virginity to dad? Um, No. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, did you do you remember having a sex talk with your mom or was like uh, no no it was just like yeah. go figure didn't it out. Even, we, I didn't. We didn't even talk about pregnancy. Right. Like I was. I don't know how old I was when I found out. Like when someone was pregnant. Yeah. Because our parents didn't talk about anything. Was that I mean, like, our generation was bad enough? But I mean, the generation before that was so. Yeah. And was that like more. all of your like all of your peers same thing like they, yeah. like none of their parents. None of the parents talked about that. Right. I remember yeah. figuring a lot of this stuff out on the playground at school and like looking up words like virgin in the dictionary because I would hear them on television and I would ask my my stepmother and she'd be like, yeah, I'll tell you when you're older. And I'd be like, eh, I'm going to look it up in the dictionary. And then just like having these conversations on the playground, which are full of misinformation, of course. Um, is that, is that, uh, I guess is that why the, that conversation was so important with Natasha and Jeremy was just like the pregnancy thing because you probably saw a lot of your peers kind of find out about that the hard way. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, <clears throat> uh, well, growing up, my sister, she got pregnant really, really young. So, okay. And Cobb's sister as well, pregnant young. Yeah. So, I mean, we did not want that. Yeah. Like for our children. So that's why... To me, I mean, it was important to talk about it and make sure that they understood and if they were going to practice sex to be, you know, safe and make sure that you wouldn't, you wouldn't get pregnant. Did you? I like, I don't know why I was super, and I don't, I don't think it had anything to do with you guys because like I didn't listen to half of the shit that you told me to make sure that I do. Mm-hmm. growing up like you know i drank Laundry, i drank i was smoking weed i was doing I, I didn't give a fuck like i thought you were the best little boy ever yeah but i was <laughs> I, totally but i was and and i was you know but i was i relatively good yeah, relatively good relatively but like we were, good we were smashing out windshields of cars and like 
you know, like like egging houses every fucking night, and we like we we were shit we were shithead teenagers, like any teenager you see today. It's like they're all fucking shitheads. Mm-hmm. But also, like I I snuck around. I went down to the river and was drinking at the river with you know like Steve Major and and Joanne, like all those people. Um, but when it came to sex, don't tell their moms. Yeah, yeah, don't tell. <laughs> Steve Major's mom probably does not give a fuck. Uh, uh, if when it came to sex, I was like, I was super, super safe. I don't think I, I don't think, I don't remember when Katie and I started not using protection. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it was until after I found out that I was sterile. No, you found that out with me. Oh, I found that out with you. Yeah. Then I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know when that happened, but I was like, I was really adamant on using, on using protection for the longest time. Mm -hmm. Definitely don't tap on the mic like that because it'll just, you'll be able to hear it. Um, uh, but I don't know where that, where that came from. Like where I I was probably just scared. I mean, I I think the last thing I wanted was to have a kid. Yeah. Um, Well, your father always said, there's no kid coming in here. There's no kid coming in here. Yeah. Yeah. He always said that. that And I used to get so upset and think. Yes, there will be. <laughs> if there's One a kid, day. they're coming in. Yeah, exactly. And you would be too. Like I think yeah. growing up, if I had had you two as parents, I don't know, Jeremy, maybe maybe it's not like that growing up in someone's house. But I, I think I think I would have felt really, knowing the two of you now, I think I would have felt really comfortable coming to you if, if I was in that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, would, yeah. Would you have? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I always really, really respected the conversations that you were able to have with each other as a family um, around like difficult things. Right, but that came late, to yeah. like much later in in life. You know, like even with sick boys, like th- those conversations. I mean, th- the example of the conversations surrounding my illness. Well, <clears throat> I think for you, that's how you felt about it. But right. <clears throat> I think we were always th- like I was always there yeah. to say always here to talk to you if you have any questions or if there's anything that yes you know whereas whereas i was the one who didn't exactly. initiate or want to initiate those conversations yeah 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 that's that's very true did you feel young when you got married like when jeremy and i got married you were 24 right and i was 27 i think it was, yeah, I think it was 23 it was 2011 you're four years older than me i was 23 okay so did and uh did you feel like that was young for Jeremy? For Jeremy? Yeah. yeah. Like <clears throat> I did. But yeah. for me, it wasn't. It, that was the age. Yeah. Like, all my friends were getting married at that age. Yeah. So I, like, I, I, I remember dad actually literally saying something to the effect of like. Don't do it. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe like wait a bit. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like. Which is totally fair. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Oh, yeah. I remember that night when you called us to tell us that you had, that you were going to ask Bridie to marry you. That's right. Yeah, and you guys, there was and like we were like, on the phone and I was Jeremy, like, like are you sure you're ready for this? <laughs> I like, think I was pissed. He was a boy. You were. You got really, really upset. Yeah, I got pissed. And yeah. and your father was, and I was like, okay, okay, enough of this. Now, if this is what he wants to do, and we talked, <laughs> we talked to you, and I said, you know, like we would like you to wait, but I mean, it's your choice. Yeah. You know. But you didn't feel, did you, did, looking back, do you feel like when you were 24, y- you were older? Yeah. How you saw. Back then it yeah. was old, you know, like that yeah. was the age that everyone was getting married, 23, 24. How about now looking back to you, do you have any sort of like, eh, maybe I should have waited? No. I, n- I never had any regrets, really. I right. mean, you know, 
I was quite happy in my marriage, and um, I thought we had a great relationship. And you were able to grow, yeah, together, yeah, yeah. And we waited. I think it was three years before we had Jeremy. We were married. Yeah, I was twenty-four, and when I got pregnant on Jeremy, I was twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. Now, fast forward to this. Uh, basically, like this past Christmas, um, you and Dad are like since that time, like since around Christmas, around that time up till now, you and Dad have been going through the process of divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, your first divorce, um, yeah. and I mean that like that's a whole other conversation. We don't even have to get into that. Um, nor do I really want to like get yeah. into the the nitty gritty details of that but that was that that was a very like trippy experience for myself as an adult to like watch your parents get divorced versus like i know so many people whose parents got divorced when they were kids and it's like traumatic yeah traumatic but also like they don't they don't really they don't really contextualize or like comprehend all of the the elements that are going on it's just like oh mom and dad are like leaving each other and and like often for, kids take it on themselves. Totally. It's like and, and so as an adult where it's like you understand that there's two sides and there's all these details surrounding all that. It's like it's a very like, holy fuck, this is crazy to watch. And I know it was like it was it for there was a period of time there. It was really like intense for myself, but really intense for for Tash because she's got a couple of young kids. And what does that mean when, you know, Nan and Pop are not not going to be together anymore mm-hmm. um uh obviously i you know it's I'm, I'm guessing it was pretty pretty hard for you but you when when it was all going down early on i remember someone asking like how's your mom gonna be how's your mom gonna do and i never once thought anything but she's gonna do really well like mom i know mom will be so okay mm-hmm. because you're like you you are like one of the i would say like the strongest women i've i've come to know um especially in like the later years of life and like the conversations that we've had as as adults together mm-hmm. and just watching from you know from the sidelines like i just i know i knew that you were going to be okay um but like now that the dust is starting to settle how are you doing? Like, how how are you? I'm, <clears throat> in the beginning, I was pretty sad and pretty hurt and surprised yeah. and not expecting that to happen because I felt I was in <clears throat> a wonderful marriage and I felt we had a great relationship. We were great friends, great partners, you know. So when that happens and you're not on the same page, it's kind of, hurtful and Mm -hmm. you know um but like you said you know the way I I looked at it it was like he was very very important to me and I loved him dearly but I have a lot of good stuff in my life um he you know he was very important to me but I have a lot of other things that are so important and I thought you know what I'm not losing myself over this I'll get through this. I, you know, I'll come out on top. I'll come out shining. I have lots of good friends. I have great family that are there to support me. You know, I try to keep myself busy. 
I do whatever I can. I've done a lot of, you know, <clears throat> my own soul searching and uh, a lot of um, did some counseling. And then I do my own, you know, work for myself to to keep myself strong so that I don't that I didn't get depressed and down and lose myself. Yeah. But right now I, I, I feel I feel OK. You know, I mean, there's days I still feel sad. Yeah. Or but, angry or whatever. I mean, that's all. And I've all gone through all yeah. that. I've gone through the anger, like everything, you know. But the thing is, you realize that you don't have any control over anyone else's emotions. It's just how you decide to deal with it yourself. Mm. And that's where I'm at. Like when when it all went down and like, you know, I know there was a, a period there early on where it was kind of like, what what are we gonna do? Will we will we work through this or or whatever? But like when it got to a point where it was like, okay, we are for sure one hundred percent getting a divorce. Um, how how like at what point does the? Because what what fucking blew my mind was just the thought of like going. Just the thought of like y- you and dad have been together for so long. Yeah, since you were twenty. We've been together, he was 20, I was 21. Okay, so since you were 21, and how old are you now? 58. 58. That's a fucking long time to be with one partner, right? Fully monogamous your entire lives, mm-hmm. like, that's that was the that was the way you guys came up. And, the th- like, the first thing that I started thinking about was, like, holy shit, what is, what is my mom, like, what's my mom's, is my mom going to date? Like, obviously she's going to date again, but like, how the fuck, how the fuck do you go from... She puts on her black robes. Yeah. Well, like, how do you go from like, like someone who came up in the, in, in the, like 58 years old, it's not like you're going to hop on Tinder. You know what I mean? It's, or, did, was that, are you on no, Tinder? No, I'm not on Tinder. Okay. You just, you, you made a not face. Not on Tinder. You made a face. Maybe I need I, to be on Tinder. I, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't, I would stay away from it, but, but I would... I, I, it made me think like, well, what do you do? Like, do you rely on your, do you rely on your peers and, and their friends? Do you rely on um, maybe other online dating services like, like uh, match.com or whatever, whatever those are? Uh, I just couldn't, I was like, how, what the fuck is my mom going to do? Never asked you once. Never really like felt, oh, just never felt the need to ask you. Figured I would just hear about it elsewhere, which I have been. Um, <laughs> so what, I guess my question is like, when did you decide, okay, I got to get back in the dating pool and how did you decide what to do about getting back into the dating pool? (laughs) Well, I first I thought, oh, it's too soon. You know, you got to have a certain amount of time to get over, you know, you've been with someone for 33, well, married for 33 years, together 36 years. And then I'm like, okay, I need time to recover from this and you know heal and get get better <clears throat> and then um, a girlfriend of mine I work with a bunch of young women you yeah. know like your guys's age right yeah you're a nurse so yeah. a bunch of young nurses yeah so anyway one of the girls said Maxine she said you should go on you should go online go online dating I was like I can't go online yet I said I'm not separate she said you are separate <laughs> so I said yeah Seriously, yeah, I am. I guess. All right, I'll go on. So anyway, I'm on Match.com. Right. Ha- anyway, do, was it? Do you? Ha- I haven't been on that site. Do you have to make a profile and everything? Yeah, and- you got to make a profile. It's I don't know. It's. Is it weird? 
It is weird. <laughs> it is well, weird. Well, it's just like there's just so many, oh, strange people. Like, like are you getting, are you getting like, and how do you know that? Do you know that because you're getting strange requests or messages? Well, I mean, you do like your whole profile and you'd think like they would be matched to you. Yeah. But they're obviously not matched to you. Right. You know. How does, how does it work? Like, because I, I, I've never used match.com. So you, you have a profile. It's like, my name is Maxine. I like uh, I yeah, like well, you hiking. Do, you, I like, you put I, in you put in um, you do your profile, so you have your pictures, and then you put down like a, a little about yourself, a little bio, yeah, a little bio about yourself, like things that you like. Uh, you know, like I I like hiking and you know staying busy. I'm fit lady. You know, looking to share same interests. As, sure, and then and then do you? cycle through match.com and choose people to talk to or does the the match.com like have an algorithm where they just go here's here's your matches for the day they give you a list every day like a five or six or something like that interesting and uh then you like look at them and think okay like z match for me and then you just like if you if you think so you do the like and if not you just x them out yeah and if and do they do they see that you've liked them or yeah. do they have to like you yeah. and then you both then find out if you've both liked each other? No, you, you, you can see like for me, I have like a profile so I can go on and see who's liked you, who's like me. But oh. the weird thing is on there, a lot of people don't put a picture or I hate like, that. and I'm, you're like, okay, like, I I don't know what you look like. So anyway, I had, I've had a couple of, um, um, messages from people and they got no picture and I'm and I said I'm I can't talk to you unless you have a picture <laughs> I need to see you I'm talking what do, they, to. do they respond do they say anything back <laughs> so a few times <clears throat> I've gotten someone to say okay give me your cell phone number done that but I've had some really weird like yesterday I had a guy message me and then he wanted my email and I'm like, okay, I'm not giving out my email till I get to know you. Wait, but hold on. You'll give out your phone number, but not your email? <laughs> well, I'd rather give out my phone number because they can't find out anything about you. Like, they can't find out, like, your last name or anything like that. On your email, you got to put your last name. Yeah, Right. Okay, yeah, I kind of get that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, right? okay, that makes, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. I've never really and thought about it. It is easier to track an email address than a phone yeah. number. True, true. But I don't know. Like, I don't understand why they don't put pictures, like, are they married and they're just out? Right. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm just trying right. to understand what this is all about. Yeah. You okay. want someone to be up front for sure. <clears throat> so I... Through I'm the, not liking it. I can tell you that. I'm not, not liking it at all. It. Okay. I've heard now through the grapevine that you have been on a couple of dates. I have. Uh, and have those all been th- secured through Match.com? Or are there people that you like have known like sort of blind date it's setups? through Match.com. And how have those gone? You what? We're not going there. Not going there? What? What the <laughs> fuck do you mean we're not going there? Oh, come on. They're not going to hear this. No, but your father could go on and listen, and I don't want him knowing oh, none of my it. business. You know what? <laughs> fuck it. This is, that, that's his problem. If he listens and doesn't fucking like it, then dad, you fucked up, so you shouldn't have listened. But honestly... I because I'm I want to know I want to know look I want to know I don't, I don't want to know fucking, I don't want to fucking know details no but I want to know like I want to know as my grandmother would say have you met anyone you like more than yourself yeah well I I want to know I want to know like on your first date since being with dad like how fucking weird was that what was that like 
Or was it not? Was it not nearly as weird as you thought? Not as weird as I thought. I wasn't ner- like I don't know. I guess I'm I'm a very social person, and I work in a job where I have to socialize like on a continuous basis. Yes. So my very first date, no, I wasn't nervous at all. Right. And um, it, it, it was good. It was it was fun, mm-hmm. and um, kind of exciting actually. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. What do you do for dates? Like what? Like when I go on a date, usually it's like we meet up at a bar and like have a couple drinks, and then maybe we like come back here and drink from the bar that you, yeah. that you got me for Christmas. Um, like what do you? What do you? What do older people do on their dates? Like what is what does a mo- what does mom do on dates? Um, okay, so it was, there's been two that I've dated so far. Um, so. The first, the first date I had, I met him at a bar, and we sat and we had a drink, right. and shared an appetizer, and just got to know each other. And then, the next day, the next time when I met him, we went for a walk, and then uh, we met later in the evening and went for dinner. Okay. Yeah. And so pretty, pretty like pretty much pretty the same, standard, same thing. Yeah. What, yeah. I, what I would. Do and or... then the second guy, same thing. Like we met first for uh, well I wanted to meet him for a drink and or no I wanted to meet him for a coffee and he said well you know a coffee you don't really get to know you at a coffee so why don't we go for brunch so we met for brunch and then um so then we met the second joker you don't get to know someone over coffee what the fuck how does the coffee prevent you from getting to know someone? A meal well, listen to... takes longer. Yeah, okay, yeah. sure. Well, he, he, yeah, he was like, Whatever. he's not really, you know, like he would rather have more time. Sure, so we went sure. for brunch. Okay. So I was like, okay, if you want to pay for brunch, fine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So we went for brunch. And then the next time we met, we met, we went for a walk. And then we went for supper. And then we went for a drink. <laughs> Oh, like so! All like it was day. just like four all into one evening. All in one. Oh wow! Okay, that was oh, like that the sounds sec- like a pretty second successful date. date. Second date. Yeah, it's a successful right. date. For sure. Okay. Yeah. And anyway, <laughs> we we've we've gone on a few dates this with this with this guy. Yeah. Okay. And but anyway, talking. <laughs> so there was this one. And like, are these guys? Are these guys like around your age? Yep. Okay. Fifty. Uh, Fifty. In their fifties, whatever. Yeah, I just remembered this. I have to bring it up now before I forget. Um, one of my favorite things about this whole process is you at one point telling me about you know somebody, probably one of these folks, and and what their age was. They're a little bit younger, or what their age was. But then there was someone who was like two years younger than that person, who was like, one person maybe was like fifty one, and one was like forty nine. You're like forty nine is too young. <laughs> 49 is too young. I've had a guy 49 has been conversing with me quite a bit. Well, how the He's fuck? in New Brunswick, though. He's how? in New Brunswick. I was like, you're too far away. It was like, well, Maxine, why don't we meet for coffee? He said, you drive halfway and I'll drive halfway and we'll have coffee. And you're like, coffee? No one gets to know each other over coffee. Buy me brunch. I was like, I, was, I, I should have said to him, okay, if we're going to meet for a coffee, why don't we just meet and uh, have a dinner and then see what else? <laughs> he's a young one, right? He's only forty nine. He's young, spry. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Uh, anyway, anyway, I got to tell you about this experience. <laughs> so I went on Bumble. Bumble is another. Yeah, but you're using seems, Bumble. Bumble seems to be more for younger people. Yes, in my age, I'm there's not Bumble. a lot. There's I not a Bumble. lot on Bumble, like for my age. Okay. No, yeah. It seems like you get one every second or third day. Anyway, I've had this guy. 
It's too funny. Oh my God, this is so Let me, funny. No, no, it's nothing bad. But anyway, it was this one particular guy. He came up on mine. And so we were we were chatting. And he said, um, he would, what was it he said? He said, can I Skype with you? I was like, Skype? No. I don't, I don't do I don't do Skype. I was like, let's meet for a coffee. He was like, I don't do coffee. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. I said, all right. I do coffee. You do Skype. Okay, you better start. <laughs> you should start. Lo- <laughs> keep looking or whatever. <laughs> so then, then he went away. Then the next thing you know, he has this profile up again. Same thing. Anyway, this weekend, he was right there again. And I was talking to him just before I came. And same thing, he wants Skype. I said, I don't have Skype. I can do FaceTime or meet for a coffee. I was like, live dangerously. Let's meet for a coffee. He said, I've been going for coffee since 2008. I want to know if we connect. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is too crazy. Yeah, he, sound, he sounds a little There's high something, fucking. something wrong. Yeah. So I'm like, forget it. Erotic. Forget it. Wow, my mom's on Bumble. How about that? That's so crazy. Do you, I'm do not on there. I didn't subscribe. Subscribe? <laughs> I don't think you get how Bumble works. Is three, if if is, you're using is, Bumble, you're on it. Is, no, but you, you like, I didn't pay. No, yeah, it. of course you don't pay. No, well, that's the thing. Dating apps are free. Don't. If, so, well, you pay on Match.com. Yes. Yeah, yeah but that, that. So that is so. That whole thing, Match.com, paying for your. That is so like. Um, Okay, there's, which there's is no the best one, one then? There's no one our age that would be paying for. <laughs> no, because apps. people I know our age are looking to hook up. They're not looking That's for right. actual like serious. That's right, and people. I know I know a couple of people who've paid for things like Bumble or t- Tinder, but they're doing that for like professional reasons or wh- what have you. Because right. you get a, the the thing is when you pay for Bumble, like you can you can see who's liked you. Versus when you're using Bumble, like like you could on Match.com. But if you're not paying for Bumble, then you don't know who's liked you until they liked you and you've liked them. Exactly. Right? So, but yeah. But it's been, don't bother paying for it's Bumble. It's been Bumble. strange. Like yesterday, same thing. This really like nice looking guy came up. And I thought, ooh, that looks good. So we we started conversing. And then he wants my email right away. I wanted email. I'm like, I'm not giving out my email. But you're like, but here's my number. Did you give him your number? Well, I said, like, let's chat on my... But then he just went away. So some of them are... It's, it's, you don't... I've had some bizarre stuff like that. There yeah. are some bizarre people. I don't people. know, like, what it, what it is that they're, that they're trying to, to do. I don't know if it's like a... That's a healthy not a true skepticism. Picture? What? That's a healthy skepticism that you have. Because I think that a lot of... For a lot mm. of people, probably, who are not accustomed to online dating who are out of a long-term relationship a lot of these things might not be red flags yeah. and, and I you know what they, they say be. too they, they keep saying like buddy said how long you been on here and i'm like what does that have to do with yeah 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 you know, totally what we're doing here like yeah. do you think i'm naive and i'm gonna i don't know I, i'm i'm yeah. really confused yeah. at how yeah. that is right but when they keep asking that i'm thinking okay what does that have to do with you meeting me because they want to know, they probably, I would imagine asking that, they probably want to be like, are you a dud? Have you yeah, been on here and I not mean, it's hard to no say, out luck? I feel know? like the dynamics are so different from 
from it like depends. our generation it of how we're using it. depends what you want. Exactly. You've been on Tinder for like a couple of years. It doesn't mean that yeah. nobody wants you. No. You're just, that's where you're meeting people. But maybe, you know? you know, maybe that question is like, are you, are you freshly divorced? Yeah. yeah. Right. Are you, you know, cause like I, I'm imagining the, the two guys that you've gone on the date with, um, are either of them divorced? Uh, one is divorced since 2004. The other one has never been married. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> High brows raised. Yeah, wow. Well. We don't know. We don't know what to make of this. Don't know what to make of it. What well, are your girlfriends saying about they all love this? It. They love it. They, they love me. They're they, like, they're, living they're, so, they're, so, they're so proud of me for handling everything the way I am. Yeah. And that I'm out there and that I'm not home and sad and, you know, getting depressed and I'm like, you know what? Life's too short. Life is too short for me to stay home and do that. Amen. Oh, so I just want, I, I just like to meet like nice people. Uh, I think on there it's, I don't know. It's, I, I'm not liking it. Well, the thing is, is and, and this is true for a lot of people <clears throat> my age and, and younger who are using those, those like online dating is that there's a lot of shit that you need to sift through yeah. to find the, the, the gems that exist there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that—that's how Beck and I met. Um, but before that, it was there was a bunch of people that mm-hmm. were not what Beck is. And you know what? For me, right now, it's probably good. It's right. probably good. I haven't met like the person that I really, you know. You know, I'm not saying. I mean, the the, the two that I've met. I mean, they're very nice. They're nice men, but. I'm not saying that they're the person that I'm going to, you know, end up with. And it's probably good that um, it's like that in the beginning because I I wouldn't want to meet someone that I'm like... Head um, over heels. Head over heels right away, you know, and then to be like a rebound because I do need time. Mm -hmm. But I find doing this helps me, you know, like so that I'm not home being sad and... You know, getting out with my girlfriends, go out for coffee or go out for a dinner. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. That's all good. Hmm. Have you always, even like from, like throughout your marriage and into now, like it seems like that kind of engagement with the world and like being okay with doing that, you know, so soon after parting from your long-term partner that there must be some sort of really healthy feminine in touch with yourself as like a sexual being as a woman throughout time like you you might you might probably find more often I don't know if in your friend group or maybe that's not in your friend group but women who are around the same age who have been in long-term relationships where that kind of part of them like they don't have a regular sex life or that part of their they're not in part in touch with that part of themselves but it seems like you really I'm assuming you haven't slept with anybody yeah but you clearly have a connection to that part of yourself that is like that's a healthy part of you and mm-hmm. and otherwise I don't think you'd be out dating and having those like fun feelings and mm-hmm. you know enjoying it for what it is without the need for to make someone up a, a partner, you know, it's yeah. like how, what's your approach to that? Because I, I think a lot, a lot, I feel like a lot of women 
don't know how to sustain that over their their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I want to I want to find that you know I want to find I, I I mean to me I'm 58 years old I'm way too young not to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> I want to continue to have sex. I want to have fun. I want to enjoy that part of my life. You know, I want to share that with somebody. I don't want to, I don't want to go through, like, to be 58 years old and to be divorced. And I, I, I don't want to go through my life being a single woman. I enjoyed, like, I, I felt that I had a wonderful marriage and we had a wonderful relationship. And, you know, for people that never, ever got married and didn't have, like, a good relationship, maybe they'd be in a different spot right now. But for me, I felt like I, I was connected to my husband, and I really enjoyed our our relationship, and I, and I want to do that going forward. I want to find someone that I can spend my retirement years with. I don't want to be alone. I don't yeah, want to share those experiences. I do. You, you I don't want to be of... home by myself and go to bed at night by myself and get up. I want to meet somebody that, you know, wants to be there and share that with me. I hope, you know, I hope that I will meet somebody that would love to share that with me. Is the bar a little bit higher now? You got to set the standards are a little higher now. I mean, maybe that's it's a high bar to meet. Yeah, because when you've been in a good relationship that you felt that you were in a good relationship and, you know. And it's a high bar want... to meet for me, too. I'll tell you right now, any motherfucker who comes in here thinking he's going to be my stepdad, <laughs> he better he better be, he fucking better be. Pierce The Brosnan. best. Yeah, yeah, yeah honestly. That's what I mean. I want someone that's going to be there for me, that's going to love me, treat me well. And, um. Have fun with me. Like, I want to have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I uh, I feel I'm a good person, and and I deserve that. 100%. And I'm not settling for less. No. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. That's so inspiring. Well, I mean, you know, I guess one thing I could say is that uh, once we put this out into the universe... If, if maybe any, there's some good looking men out there that might want yeah, me. Yeah, we get a lot of people that listen to this show. So if anybody wants, if anyone wants my mom's email, just shoot me a message. Yeah. And I know my mom's email, so I can give it to you. I know her last name. That's so why I was like, put a plug in there for me. <laughs> um, I, I have one question before. Ones. <laughs> before we wrap it up, I, I'm super curious, you know, like from Jeremy giving you guys a call and saying, I'm going to propose to this lady to us now having an open relationship and a sex podcast. What are your feelings about that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause we've never really talked about that. I mean, like we've, we've, we've talked about it, but not, not really about you having an open relationship. Yeah. Because like, because I, I have to say this, like the way that you, you know, uh, I don't think we were anticipating having other other lovers that we that were going to be long term the way that they are. We we didn't really know what this was going to become when we decided to do that. But when the Becca, open when, relationship. yeah, the open relationship. But when Becca came into the picture, like you, you and Dad and Tash and there, it didn't take long for you guys to really like open the doors wide to her and allow her to feel just as welcome as Bridie at any of our like family events or whatever. And I know that around that same time, and maybe this has something to do with it, but around that same time, 
I had gotten really, really sick. Like super fucking sick. Yeah, you were. And Becca was amazing. Very much a big part of of mm-hmm. providing care in that yeah, time. And exactly. I th- and and so I wondered like, is was that the catalyst for you guys to go, oh yeah, this is actually we want this person to be a part of our lives. Like we want to we want this to thrive for Bridie and Becca and Jeremy and and Todd, you know, like everyone involved. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> for me in the beginning I felt it felt it, it felt awkward because I thought oh my god like what is everyone gonna think you, you know you always think you always worry about what everyone else thinks and then I thought you know like the family of course I wasn't telling you know I didn't want to tell my friends or my family or whatever and it was and a really good friend of mine Maureen like I didn't tell her it was a long time before I was able to say like this is what's going on (laughs) so but anyway when the first time we really talked about like Becca with family was when we were in Ontario and we went to your TED talk Mm. oh yeah right and we Becca was there and Bridie was there and anyway after that we went to uh your, your dad's sister Kim right and she saw the picture because we were getting a picture taken and I felt like at that TED talk, I felt really bad because I wanted to get like a family photo of all of us because I was so proud. And anyway, I invited everyone to the stage, like to come up to get the picture. And poor Becca was there and I thought, okay, Becca, come on. Like you're part of this too. So like I brought her right in for the picture. So we go to your dad's sisters and we're looking at the pictures and we're showing her the pictures from the TED Talk. And she sees Becca and she goes, who's this here? <laughs> Kim, man, fucking Kim. I wish people of the, I wish people knew Kim because she's so, a, such a fucking character. Yeah. So anyway, she said, who's that? Is that Bridie's sister? We're like, <laughs> oh, God. No. Dude, I that, hope not. No. Just imagine Kim's reaction. Holy shit. No. And we're like, that's Jeremy's girlfriend. And she was like, what? Yeah, totally. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What, what do you think of that? <laughs> oh, what, my God, what do you, Kim. What, what do you think of that? And then we're like, listen, this is his choice. He's an adult. He's made his decision. So, you know what? He's he can do what he wants. Like he don't ask us. We don't we don't get to choose. Like we grow, raise our kids. I said, Kim. I said, how many kids you got? I said, you know, you got your four kids. I said, uh, are they going to listen to what you tell them? I said, are they going to do what you you know want them to do? I said, it's the same for us. I said, you know what? I said, she's a sweetheart. She's a good girl, and she was there for Jer when he was sick. And I said, you know what? That's all we can do. I said, so we embrace it. Is either uh, I, I, you know, say to my son, no, I don't approve of that. I said, I'd rather have my son in my life than to, you know, go against like what, what his choice is. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I look at it. It's like, you know what? I want you in my life. So I'm not going to say, you know, Jeremy, you shouldn't be doing that or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I said, And how nice has it been, right? Like exactly. to have Becker around. Like even family functions when she comes over to Tasha's and she's we're a sweetheart. She's she's, she's so great. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's glad. the way that's guys... the way I looked at it. It was like you know, like <laughs> you just make you just you just have to embrace 
embrace it. Hmm. And when I had to tell my mom, <laughs> my mom, right? Oh my God, so funny. I, Todd told me one time. <laughs> my mom he was like, is... I was over there for Christmas one or one one family thing and and Jesse didn't know her name, but he was like, Jeremy's grandmother came over and hugged me and said, I don't know who you are, but I'll give you a hug. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know what? We grew up in a little community in Newfoundland and that stuff was going on. Right. right. With friends of ours. Yeah. Right? That's the thing. It's going so on. So it's been going on for generations, years and years. Yeah. Right? So. What did Jesse say? Jesse's my name. She, she, she was like, she's kind of like me, you know, like mom loves everyone and just, you know, accepts everything the way it is and you got no control over. She loves you anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She's 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 a sweetheart. She's and she's like, <clears throat> tell him this. She's seventy eight years old and she just met a man and they're eighty one and <laughs> they found love. That's yeah. it. And it's beautiful. She's our next guest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Her and Bill. Her and Bill. Yeah. They're on a big vacation now and gone out, out west and they're having a wonderful time. Yeah. Well, uh that wasn't so bad, was it? No. <laughs> so anyway, any nice looking uh, 55 plus? <laughs> None of these 45 plus, man, what the fuck is that? They, yeah. Actually 50. So what, what, about, hear... what, about, what about like a really good looking like 39 year old who's like, hey, you know what? This woman sounds amazing. Yeah. Now, like what? Like how the, the how, line Honestly age? though. No, no, no. I got a bit okay. of an issue with this. How right. the fuck is 49 too young? Well, it's not well, too young, but listen. I don't want any baggage. <laughs> yeah. I want right. a fully adult male. Well, the fully frontal... Fully adult the fr- male. The frontal with cortex. No, I don't want to raise any kids. Yes. I want to travel and the- have fun, go to dinners, wine and dine me. Come on. Give me a call. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Well, you heard it, folks. If you're interested and you uh, you meet all those parameters uh, and, and you think that you are Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan reach out. Reach out. Silver Fox. <laughs> yeah. Also, do you realize? I don't think. That, uh, she does. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. That, that your, your, Instagram- your Instagram handle is like, I mean, whatever. It does not like it fucking matters. Your Instagram handle is Silver Fox Maxine. Yeah. Uh. Do you know that's a very sexy Instagram handle? Did you know that before you made Silver Fox Maxine? Did you like? Did you know? Or were you just embracing your gray? I was embracing my gray. Yeah. What is the What is the definition of a silver fox? I don't. Do we know? On uh, like on. I follow this lady, and she hers is silver obedience. Oh. Oh, she's really, really amazing. Silver obedience. Yeah. It sounds so. uh... She she writes a blog every day, and she's written a book. I'm looking and her up right now. My sister-in-law sent me her link, and she's she she is amazing. So Silver Fox is technically, actually, according to Urban Dictionary, uh, an attractive older man. Oh, but, oh is it? Yeah, but I mean, you know. You're oh yeah, no, she's woman. quite stunning, isn't she? Holy smokes! Yeah, well, you should read some of her blogs, Bridey. Um, just, just yeah. amazing. I will. I I'm all about. Uh, I feel like I've been really lucky to have uh, role models in terms of like aging gracefully, em- embracing like womanhood at every stage of your life, and um, I've I've had really great examples of that in my life, including you. So I just oh, like, thank you. like I'm really grateful for that. 
<gasps> yeah, I got to go into Victoria's Secret and get some sexy stuff. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So uh, thanks for coming in, Mom. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, <laughs> you can cut that out, Jeremy. Jeremy's maybe, clocking out now. Do you want to? Do you want to sign off here? This maybe this can be the. If this is the closing segment, let's make it. Let's thank make it you that. so much for listening to our mega special 100th episode. 100th episode. Being with us all the way, as so many of you have. Thank you so much for your listenership and your support and your emails and just being there. Yeah, uh, we're we're having a really fun time with us, and this this podcast means a lot to us. And uh, if you want to support, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and go to Patreon.com/slash Termion and uh, just join our little community. That's it for this week. Until next week, go fuck yourself. <laughs>